0: Of oh, the Fifth Ed books, there are so many of these campaign modules that are out there now, like from uh, the Storm King's Thunder, Curse of Strahd, um, <laughs> Two
1: of Annihilation, yep. right? There's a lot of stuff that's out there. They've got all of the uh, water deep stuff that's come out i really want to do storm king's thunder i haven't done it yet i've never talked to anybody who has and well that's my question is which one piques your interest the most storm king's thunder <laughs> yeah so, right uh, uh, just we have a wealth of giant minis and i just want to use them all yeah
2: i guess we have loads of giant minis shocker for me mine's probably tyranny of dragons to be honest i have both of these yeah. books now yeah i've heard that I'd like to do i've heard some that some the first one's hard to run uh, it might be. I don't know. It seems pretty simple to follow. I've read through the campaign book, and it seems simple to follow. I think what I'm realizing with the the published modules is um, it's it's because they're not linear. You can move things around. I think for newer DMs, when they're kind of they're like, I don't know where to go. All you hear those things of how do I keep them on track? Yeah, and it's like what's on track? Yeah, and they can go wherever they want. You just got to learn to prepare for that. Yeah. So I wouldn't say that it's hard to run. It's hard to run if you just generally don't know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Oh,
1: I, I was a fantastic, lovely uh, um, advice uh, giver for a new DM who was all like, well, what should I do? What should I take oh, over? Ooh, and I'm man. like, uh, well, what do you what want to do? take over? What do you well, mean? Well, he's taking over my old campaign uh, because I've had some time constraints come into my life. Oh, right, okay. I'm just like, how about you DM and I'll play and, and we'll do this thing. So I'm going to be playing Acronis. I will be playing the first Acronis. That's hilarious. Acronis. Uh, but... He's like, Well, I want to take everyone to level 20, but I don't really want to homebrew anything. I'm like, Well, there's only one real module that'll take you to 20. So yeah. here's the Maze of the Mad Wizard. The D- 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 Dungeon or, of the Mad Mage. Yeah, Dungeon of, maze the mad of,
0: the Mage. of the Mad Wizard. God damn it. <laughs> it. Welcome it's... to Dungeons and Dragons. Maze of the Mad Mage. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I was like, Here. Look at this. It might be a good idea. Have you, have you looked at that? That is the most no. expansive mega dungeon that is in
1: existence. It's, it's all about thing. Undermountain, right? Yeah, but
0: yeah. it's also about uh, Waterdeep as well, right? So you're jumping into a metropolis with a mega dungeon and big epic themes up to level 20. And he's a relatively new DM, too. Yeah. And, he, I, and so he, he told he, me this note. Whoa, whoa whoa, 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 stop. Child by fire. <laughs> I have a suggestion. Before you run out of a book, Make sure that you want to run out of a book. Yeah. So, right, because we, it, so you passed on the Tales of the Yawning Portal team, Yeah, that one's right? yeah, gonna be yeah. harder
2: if you decide we're going off book, that one's gonna be harder to go off book. Yeah. Especially so, a fixed dungeon like that.
0: So the... Tales of the Yawning Portal, which is the one that I'm most excited that's one that I want to do. I want to yeah. run from level one up to level I think fifteen. Mm-hmm. You go all the way through it, but you end with Tomb of Horrors, so everyone dies. Yeah, yeah right? So <laughs> spoiler alert. You're, by you're, by necessity. everyone dies. Yeah. Yeah. By necessity. But but it's it's seven seven may or seven dungeons. Each one will last a few uh sessions right so i said look take the one we're all level five take the one that's meant for three to five like levels three to five
2: yeah
0: and run that one because it's a bunch of new players they are not going to be quite as effective as say we would be yeah Mm -hmm. at a table they're not going to be as tactical as a general rule they're still learning their stuff so um run that see if it's comfortable working out of a book and if you don't like it you at least have kind of a skeleton of how other people do it because you've read this book yeah and then and then homebrew your own thing. Yeah. But,
1: the other thing I recommended to him is to like check out other fantasy sources and be like pull inspiration from there. And so so I was like watch Lord of the Rings three times. The entire oh thing, just God. watch it all the way through.
0: Uh, Lord of the Rings is the worst way to get inspired for D
1: I disagree. I get some. I I I love. We'll fight it. about this another time. Okay. <laughs> we should probably
0: start at this because I've got some points. There's to plenty. I of movies I'm hiking. I love Lord of the Rings. For, okay. For the record, before I get all this hate mail, yeah. I love Lord of the Rings. It is a fantastic book. It's a better than average series of
1: movies. It's
0: not a good RPG. I'm just throwing that out there by D&D rules for heroes. Not great. Well, pulling
1: inspiration and getting a a concept of what a party should look like. I mean, they have everything but a divine spellcaster. I'll take
2: the hate. I don't even like Lord of the Rings that much. You're British. And I didn't even you have to like world. Lord of the Rings. Nope. Only foreigners like British things. See how many <laughs> Harry Potter fans there is on this continent? We don't even give a shit. To be honest. <laughs> how many times have I been studying King's Cross Station and not even fucking cared once about Harry Potter? <laughs> I would like to point out that we've just given up on this no F-bomb rule. <laughs> yeah,
0: I guess. Over yeah. the last like three. Oh, I think years. I'm pretty. I think
1: I only do one. One a session. We get one a session. I, I, I try not to. Uh, but sometimes Adam makes me upset okay (laughs) should we
2: go on to what we were supposed to talk about
0: yeah I want to talk about um, I want this to be the first episode that we're doing that's away from the pillars right so we did the three pillars beforehand which um, are which are combat exploration Uh and role playing and then we did our special secret episode and if you haven't listened to it yet go listen to it it's amazing Um, six men enter one man leaves
1: uh, <laughs> well, two men leave. Well, <laughs> uh, one, I'm, one, I'm, I'm, one tries I'm, I'm, to leave and I'm then pretty sure I'm, fades I'm, to black. Uh, one, one man leaves,
0: one man probably gets drowned at some point. Like there was a lot of water. There was a lot of water. Anyway, anyway there, yeah. um, and then we did the last episode that we just did was the mailbag episode. Yeah. So, what I want to do is kind of jump into a new theme here where every <laughs> seven episodes we, we return to an idea. And the first idea I wanted to discuss was lore, specifically the fantasy genre. And Forgotten Realms and kind of where that sits in it. Because Forgotten Realms is the official setting of D&D. Yeah. Um, Which confused me at first because in my head, I always thought it was Greyhawk, right? So Yeah, that's that's, that's that's your old... Yeah, when 4th Ed came around and they're like, oh no, it's Forgotten Realms. And 5th Ed just like went gangbusters on it. I went, okay, I, I guess we're in Faerun now. Right. So. Well,
1: fourth ed, went Gangbusters, like it was technically big in fourth ed before it was big. Like fourth ed really pushed that, that Forgotten Realms was the main one, yep. and that's when they handled the Spell Plague and and justified that that crappy mechanic of encounter powers by waving their hands and saying Spell Plague. And no, we're I not. have no idea what you're talking about. Well, we'll get you into it. It lost to be Gangbusters. <laughs> I don't, I don't it's not know. what you think.
0: Okay, it's not what you think. Um, so I want to talk about, um, Forgotten Realms because we choose to play in this setting. We're not playing science fiction games. We're not playing horror games. We're not playing, um, like Victorian era. Like this is a fantasy setting and so many people are drawn to it. And I kind of want to know a, why, what draws us specifically to it? And then B, what is Forgotten Realms giving us to scratch that itch that's so fantastic? This is going to be really helpful for other people to homebrew or right. to decide whether or not they want to dive into a homebrew in Forgotten Realms or maybe take some other material and adapt it into this into this uh, setting. So that's yeah. kind of where I want to go with this episode. First, let's hit the music. Sure.
3: Welcome to It's a Mimic with your DMs, Adam, Dan, and Terry.
0: And we're back. So uh, it is Adam again. Uh, obviously, by now this is episode eleven plus those first five specials. You're used to my voice. With me again, as always, are Dan and Terry. Say hello.
2: Good talk. Really? Yeah, we're going international. Well,
1: Buongiorno. That was so
2: <laughs> Dan speaks the third best Italian. <laughs> Side note: Why do you people say Italian? We can We don't have time. We don't no, have time. Okay. All right. So let's
1: uh, let's get into. We could get straight up multicultural and like nihao, konnichiwa. Like, well, we were Russian for four and a half hours. <laughs> well, so. You guys were <laughs> Russian for four and a half hours. I was not. Mine was coming in and out by the end. I yeah. I gave up um, before I started.
0: Yeah. Uh, so I want to just dive into. Uh, into what exactly is the fantasy genre, okay? So let's let's start there. I want to roll initiative to see kind of who's going first, but we're talking kind of by the broad strokes, not even necessarily D&D, just the
2: genre. Mm-hmm. What is it to you? I got a 16. I got a
1: 5. I got a 6. I'm going last. Shocker. <laughs> Someone is going to actually. Uh, you mentioned in like episode seven that you wanted someone to put together a list. Someone will. Do I want that. someone to track it. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. Sure.
0: Fine, guys, I'll do it. God.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: that's
2: someone. Not a, Adam, that's we'll do this, Adam. We need you to track stats. Okay. What is this help?
1: No. <laughs> All right. So you want me to open Excel on my own? No. I don't no. do numbers. I do feelings. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I hope that's your pickup line, man. <laughs> <Yes. laughs>
0: Alright, so the fantasy genre. <laughs> wow, well, we're gone. We're <laughs> Alright, so the fantasy genre. Okay. It's different things to different people. For a lot of people, it's World of Warcraft. For a lot of people, it's Lord of the Rings. For a lot of people, it's Harry Potter. What is it to you guys specifically? Because the fantasy genre to me is was, was always fairy tales. I got into Lord of the Rings in my late, late, late teens. Like, a lot of kids find at the age of 12 and 13, and they dive into it. I was doing a lot of reading novels and stuff, but it was all Stephen King. I Like, I went the horror genre.
1: And you also had, like, an expansive, like,
0: Star Wars expanded
1: universe. Oh, absolutely. Library. I was yeah. all over
0: Star Wars. Uh, Star Trek II, like, anything sci-fi related. And then I had the epiphany that Star Wars isn't science fiction. It's fantasy. And that kind of bridged me over into it, because there's no science in Star Wars. It's, oh, we're in spaceships. How does it work? Shut up. <laughs> right? So, um. <laughs> Why don't the lasers move at the speed of
2: light? Shut up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's laser swords. How do they end? Shut up. <laughs> so, so. <laughs> How I, do these
1: wizards work? Uh, midichlorians. Ah, crap. We should
0: have shut up. They, they even say in the first one, you know, they, they call old Ben the crazy old wizard. Yeah. Right? So, there's a lot of parallels. Back before George Lucas had a universe. He had one basic idea, and that was kind of the pulp, fantasy, science fiction yeah, yeah. genre that was mashed together. It was perfectly normal in the thirties and forties. Your Flash Gordon, your Buck Rogers, John Carter Mars. Those, right? Yeah. yeah. So, um, so, good movie. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> which one? Because
1: I am going to oh, judge yeah. you depending on your answer I to that like question. I like any of them. Just...
0: <laughs> um, but so so that was kind of where where I got my start with it, and what I wanted to see, and you guys will know this from playing in my campaigns. My idea of fantasy is very multicultural metropolis kind of feel. It's very Moss Isley, right? It when you walk into the Moss Isley Cantina, you can walk into a similar cantina in my campaign, mm-hmm. only it's Orcs and Goliaths and they're all sitting around yep. together mm-hmm. and it's like a melting pot. And so that's that's where I come from. And yes, there are like orc tribes out in the plains and 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 there are barbarians and druids and there's high magic and wizards and towers and stuff. But your base level is really your cityscape. Uh, that's that's you. You can see you walk into a bookstore and you see someone who is um, who is unable to speak common, right? Which is the standard language in, in Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, but he's got a little translator doodad sitting on the on the counter. In the shape of a mouth. And when he speaks, it starts to glow and then you hear Common come out of it. It's my Universal Translator that I have like now worked into my fantasy setting, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. I really come from this, like, I love the idea of high magic that's, that's available but rare. And there's all sorts of different cultures and, and peoples that are butting heads. There's no, like, real bad blood necessarily between orcs and gnolls at a base level. In my campaigns... Yeah, just because for me it is very Star Wars. Um, it's not Lord of the Rings, where oh, an elf and a dwarf are in the same room, tension. Yeah, right. Like I don't, I don't, I don't play that way. I have a very different kind of fantasy that I. Yours that is I play.
2: more that they uh, they nothing each other as opposed to dislike each other. It's like yeah, they just whatever you know. Um, they just yeah, disregard each other maybe. Yeah, yeah pretty much. It's like
0: uh, when you're in high school and you see someone from another high school at the mall, you don't like it's not the 50s. We don't start pulling our switchblades and singing dancing in unison, right? Like we're not we're not all like walking snapping. down the street snapping, yeah, yeah. right? So th- that's not what we do. We look at them and they go, "Oh, they root for the other football team." And then they move right along, right? Like that that's <laughs> that's it. And so that's kind of where I'm coming from in my yeah. fantasy. Um, who got who went next? That was I mean, Dan. obviously yeah. because Terry goes last.
1: Yeah, yeah. every time. Um <laughs> I well, i rule for D&D and romance. Go. <laughs> Um I grew up and my mom like my mom read me the hobbit when I was 5 right like I've I've been in like immersed in fantasy from a very young age um one of the first series of books I read all the way through was the Belgariad which is by David Eddings which is all about wizards and everything else and I freaking love it read it so much that my books started falling apart so one christmas my mom got me a new one and then that one fell apart um I the thing I love about fantasy is like the – the, uh, well, even as it went on in that media, like reading about Conan the Barbarian and all these other things, like I've always felt like I'm one of those people that's removed from an age. Like I had friends in high school said, Dan, you would have been great in the gladiatorial arenas just because I'm a big guy. Um, and I really identified with that and that's one of the reasons why my main character was always, you know, that half-orc barbarian who was just swinging an axe around and might is right and that you, kind of you, stuff, right? You
0: really seem to, to grasp onto the idea of the sword and sorcery. Yeah, yeah. Right? yeah level yeah. Of, of fantasy. And I,
1: and I always have. I've really loved it. Um, and it's like, and I haven't put that much thought into it. Like the other day you're all like, uh, this is actually years ago you were like you know star wars is a fantasy it's not a sci-fi i'm like you're wrong and then i made actually th- think about uh, thunk. wow you I thunk actually you, thought about you, it you think about <laughs> still, it still still in oscar mode uh, yeah. <laughs> i actually thought about it and i'm like oh, crap he's right again but it's it's what i've always loved i love the lack of technological hand waving for me it was always okay to be like it was magic then it was it was science Oh, like, it, that's just where I And was. you're
2: still with that train of thought as you... It's, it's uh, okay. As
1: I've grown, yeah. not so much. Like, I, I love seeing guns in my games now, whereas before I was an ardent opponent of that. Mm. Like, you do not have gunpowder in my fantasy. Get your guns <laughs> out of it. Um, But now I'm like, why can't we have automatons? Like, why can't we put a little bit of steampunk in this? Why mm. can't we put a little bit of Victorian era like so you're you're leaning out of Greyhawk and into Eberron. There. Yeah, That's yeah. Great. So like when I started playing d and I was 8 years old and and it was um uh it was all Greyhawk. Like I, I vividly remember sitting around a table walking through the streets of Castle Greyhawk with my buddies. Like I vividly remember uh going to Verba Bonk and all these other things in the old elemental evil uh campaigns uh campaign arcs and adventure paths. Like uh you, I'm sorry, i got to pause you. You said Castle
0: Greyhawk, and I immediately just flashed back to, to Castle Greyskull. They're the same thing. Yeah, and I just realized that my first introduction to fantasy was He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Yep. Because I grew up yeah. in the 80s, right? Like, it was that, and probably the Disney Gummy Bears cartoon. Now
2: that I'm thinking about it, like, that was, that was, like...
0: Well, even
1: Smurfs, to a lesser extent, like, Gargamel yeah. lived inside well, of a little tower. Yeah,
2: well... I d- Absolutely, Smurfs. I would agree with that, even though it seems kind of stupid. Because for for me, my idea of fantasy is pretty much something that cannot exist or cannot occur or happen in the real world. So whether that be Star Wars mm-hmm. or whether it be Smurfs or... The walking dead is a fantastical idea it is not possible in the real world and so that's why i don't mind when like you're talking about science and hand waving and things um because we don't have the answers yeah so you can't always look for answers in the fantasy campaign because the, the physics is being broken we don't understand it so that hand waving of it was magic is fine because that's what we ex- expect and even the, the
0: explanations of the magic like oh it's part of the weave yeah. or there or there was the spell plague, yeah. or like whatever. Or it's the it's, force. Yeah, it's yeah. it's still all hand waving bullshit when you get down to it. Yeah, yeah right. But uh, I it, and that's a part of of fantasy. That's why I think science fiction is a sub genre of fantasy because it's the same thing. If you're in, in Star Trek and they have technological ways of dealing with issues. They're still hand-waving it by putting a tachyon pulse through the deflector dish. Yeah, because... What does that mean? It's just techno-bullshit, Because to
2: tell the story of what they're doing, we don't have those answers, so we have to come up with something. You're never going to get a fantasy campaign where somebody can explain the purple blast or the magic missile coming from someone's hand.
0: And even when they do, and they go, oh, well, the tachyon blast is this, and the, the, the ions do this, and on and on, and I'm like, okay, how does that work in real life? Oh, it doesn't. Then you're
2: making shit up. Then you're again. making it up, right? Yeah. And so, that's okay. That's what we're here for. That's what. Yeah, that's what it's a, a, all about. Absolutely.
0: Um, so, what's your favorite part of fantasy? Like, why do you come to this genre as opposed to playing Call of Cthulhu or Shadowrun or or one of these other? What is it? Mutants and
1: mutants mass events. Yeah. Right. That's so, superheroes. superheroes. That's a superhero yeah. one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So,
0: so why are we playing in D anD D as opposed to the others? Besides just the ease of the rules and the familiarity, but
1: yeah, I
2: think for me, it's not that I prefer. D&D fantasy over the idea of something like Shadowrun, like something cyberpunk or something like that, yeah. or steampunk. It's just um, you have to go to a certain place to explore, explore a certain idea. Yeah. So, yeah, I grew up as a kid and I, I you know read fantasy books and things like that. Um, but And so when I'm in the mood for three years at a time to, yeah. to, to, to explore the fantasy genre, you'll naturally come to D&D. It's we know that there's campaign settings such as Spelljammer, but from my experience, it, that doesn't work as well as just using another platform no. to do it with.
0: That, no, that's fair, Dan. What's what's why do you come to to fantasy over and over again? Because you have more fantasy experience than anyone else I know. Like you have explored um, World of Warcraft beyond yeah. like. Yep. As much as you've explored D&D, right? Like... Well, I,
1: I, I really identify with the fantasy genre. I really identify with the sword and sorcery, sword and sorcery specifics of the fantasy genre. Um, I had a friend in high school who was very into sci-fi, and uh, we had a bit of a falling out, and he completely decided that all swords and everything else were garbage because Dan liked them. Because um, of the immense falling out we had, and he's probably right. But continue. well, um, like I, I looked I into sided being, him. Yeah. I, lo- I, I I love I love sword <laughs> and sorcery so much. Like I I I looked into becoming a blacksmith. Um, I looked into uh, taking like fencing classes and dueling classes and stuff like that, just so I could really embrace my nerddom. Um, I've 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 always gone to it. I like the simplicity of it. To be honest, um, there is a certain uh, for lack of a better term, rural hominess to it for me. Like, there's, it, it's a comfortable place. It's a safety blanket. Some people, you know, they really like their cornbread or, or biscuits and gravy or some sort of food from their past. That's what fantasy is to me, is it's this thing I always go to. Nostalgic. It's me. very nostalgic to me, right? And, and yeah, like, I'm heavily... I still play World of Warcraft to this day, and I... I uh, Met my wife on World of Warcraft. I uh, am a part of three D and D groups, and we all play. And these are varying levels of technology into it, right? I want to run these other games, and I have run. I've, I ran a massive Vampire of the Masquerade campaign. I ran a massive. Did you wear black nail polish when you did it? What um, is that game good? I've seen it. I, Vampire I, of the Masquerade. I have,
0: I have only seen people make fun of it. I so I I am totally coming from an unfair perspective. Yeah.
1: Uh, Vampire of the Masquerade is a f- just off brain for a minute. Uh, is a fantastic game, but there is a subculture of the group that is, um, they take it a bit too far, in my opinion. Every, just like every, f- every fandom, fandom has that, yeah. right? Yeah, and, 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 well, D- and D- we know that happens. And as well, the Vampire so, yeah. of the Masquerade one is very popularized by things like, you know. The love of vamp- uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer and all that other stuff. I always came felt like it, it was more Anne Rice. Yeah, I it is both. It is really both. Uh, I there was like different tribes. It's also very biblical, like the history of vamp- uh, vamp- uh, vampires and all that other stuff was pulled of. Well, no, this is you know Cain and Abel. Cain killed Abel. God cursed Cain. Cain go through and from his bloodline came vampires. Right, and oh, depending okay. on what generation of vampire you are, is how close to, uh, Cain you are. Oh, that's neat. I, yeah, I, yeah, I actually okay. like that. yeah, no, it's it, cool. it's very. And then there's like different bloodlines that have gone off. So like, and these different bloodlines have different powers and abilities to them. Like,
0: well, okay, I gotta ask, could Cain kick
1: Dracula's ass? Uh, yes, because, uh, Cain is like a first. I think they call it Andaluvian or whatever it is. It's this weird, convoluted word. But he's the first vampire. He's the first. Yeah. Uh, Dracula's like a level three. Sure. Kind of guy. He's not a direct son of Cain. He's a step under. Um, so. He's like his grandkid. Yeah. And like there's there is power of a sire over a. Sure. Okay. Could yeah. Strahd kick his ass? Could Strahd kick his ass? Oh. Without a doubt. No. Yeah,
0: okay, yeah. cool. All right, I was just wondering
1: like, what Stra- power level... Strahd Stra- is. Stra- is a, Stra- a is also a
2: high-level wizard, though, so...
1: True, uh, and also there is... He weeps for his lost beloved every night. Well, but, the thing is, with Vampire, there's also, like... I know you guys are trying to pull me back into D&D here, but... No, 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 uh, no, 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 do uh, there, there is a... Uh, each bloodline of these vampires have different powers that manifest in different ways. So there's like your Bruja, which are a very Twilight of you. Yeah, right. No, it's actually very similar than Twilight in that way. But uh, the Bruja are like these big, muscular. Like they're the bruisers of it. There's uh, the Malkavian, which I love. So are guys who are you start the game and you choose actual clinical psychoses for your character. Crazy. Um, and literally, yeah, yeah, you have to
2: choose a crazy. You have to choose a crazy for oh god, it's like dating.
1: Uh, uh and and they have different powers to it. It's also a completely different system involving d10s and point buying and Right. Okay.
0: So these different bloodlines are those your classes or your races or that Uh they are that why it's they the are
1: your races. Uh it follows very very much in the Shadowrun frame of mind where there is no actual classes. You just they have kind of templates. So if you want to play a street samurai, here's a template of a street samurai. Um uh, but it it you just The way you attribute your points is how you just make your character. There's no, like, if there is no, I'm playing a street samurai and thus get these powers, it's you put the points in this way to become a street samurai. okay. I'm going to
2: ask the question everyone's thinking, all right? I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Is it about sex? Yeah. Uh, which one? Is it about sex? I don't know. What, what, yeah. I'm just what feeling, kind of I'm sex, just sexy what vampires gonna, right now. Um, That's what I'm feeling. There,
1: there, uh, there is a faction of the Vampire the Masquerade. Yes, the I answer is yes. yes, yes, yes. I knew yes. they were out there. Yeah, yeah. orgies uh, are thing. I yeah. knew they were out, out there. On right. forums... But they're, they're the same thing, like, there are some LARPing groups I've heard See, where... this is
2: it. Before the internet, we could hide these people, and we didn't... They couldn't bother us, and now they're out there. Now oh. I'm sitting in one of their basements, yeah. like... I'm sitting in one of their basements. <laughs> I'm not as bad Dad? as other people I've met. So... You know. All right, enough about your vampire fantasies. All right, so hold on. Settings. <laughs> hold on.
0: So, so we talked briefly about how this felt like it was um, inspired by, by Buffy and by, um, by Anne Rice stuff. Yeah. Right? I'm assuming there's a Dracula feel to it as well. Oh yeah, yeah. So, there's an actual Dracula. Yeah, right. Uh, You'd said that. What is your favorite inspiration for fantasy? Like, what's the thing that you lean on heavily? That's not D and D. Right. What? What's your? What? What's the thing that oh, you think? We of? My answer. We roll it No, 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 just no, 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 no. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I, I, my answer may surprise you, uh, Terry. Um, do you know what? And and this may not be one for the uh, for the fantasy uh, hipsters. It might be a bit mainstream. But you'll understand why. We'll both of you will. I'm just really into a Song of Ice and Fire yeah. because it's gritty and it's dark. Everybody dies, and Name it never me, ends. And it never ends. Name me one happy person in Westeros. I'll wait. Hot pie. Hot. Pie. Actually, yeah. yeah. Stupid people are always happy. <laughs>
0: hey, stupid I people, like hot
2: stupid pie. people are always happy because if you're stupid, it only hurts other people. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I like Song of Ice and Fire because it's got all of the. It's got all of the. The fantasy things I need, dragons and magic. I love that and you just took the phrase ignorance
0: is bliss and turned into stupid people are always happy. Oh, did and I just you, quote it wrong? You <laughs> just like dumbed it down to people. dumb yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but
2: but because of that grittiness, the darkness, and uh, the basically I'll sit here for eight hours and suffer is the type of DD I like to play. That's <laughs> why lo- that's why I love those books. I think they're amazing. You're Adam, welcome. Yeah. Adam yeah. would you like to comment <laughs> on the sit for eight hours I and have, suffer? We have like it's a really weird like sub-dom D&D <laughs> relationship, which I feel like All I always come us. back to you on this podcast. I'm, I'm like, Adam, just hurt me. Just mess me up and send me back to work on Are Monday we talking
0: D-10s or D-12s? Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you enter the dungeon, finally.
1: <laughs> Alright, so, Dan, what is your answer? Let's just get right off that topic. Um, I really lean on Conan the Barbarian and its entire world. Um... It's very traditional, like, pulp, sword, and sorcery, and I love it to death.
0: Um, it's... That makes a lot of sense, because when we were doing the, the Wizard Tower, you were a barbarian that was, like, running right up to investigate the things, and I will just dive right in to go get that crystal and yeah. the key. Yeah. You weren't, like, barbarian, I'm a hit it. You were, but there was more to it. Like, Conan the Barbarian is, just like, a rogue. Really. Everything he does is sneaks.
1: He's 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 a, he's a strong Yeah, he's a bit
2: of a strategist. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: Right? He, well he was he was he's a perfect example of how barbarians don't necessarily have to be stupid. Now, I played Oscar, all kinds of dumb. But uh Well, you kinda have to. You kinda have to when you have eight in it and seven in wisdom. Yeah. But uh when you are pulling from these kind of sources, you can see that barbarians don't like you could break the tropes by leaning on other tropes. So like the whole uh, Conan the Barbarian, or no, uh, I want to get into this next episode.
0: We're gonna do a barbarian episode next. So. I love barbarian so much. So,
1: so we'll do a deep dive into that. But, but keep going without without. Um, if you follow a lot of uh, Conan's lore, with uh, his tribe that he grew up with being a bunch of blacksmiths and sword crafters who uh, worshipped the power of steel and stuff like that, like this this mindset of these rural people with their uh, off kilter beliefs, and then they are taken over by this, you know, militaristic warlord who's James Earl Jones. Um, like it's 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 absolutely fantastic. And then they they made a game for it, Conan: The Reckoning, or whatever it was called, that was terrible. Oh, of course, when but, was it? When was it made? Uh, the video game. Yeah. Oh, uh, this was uh, in two thousand eight. I want to say it was yeah. to, it was to fight up against the. Behemoth that was World of Warcraft that so many people just failed against. Yeah, I don't even
2: remember that game, to be honest. Uh
1: it it was one of the it was like the big selling point was we got titties. Um and the on the Conan game? Yeah, no, like You should have just made a Red Sonya game. You bought well, she's in the same universe. No, I know. But uh they produced the game and they had to release a massive thing saying, Hey, sorry that the players like the the guide that you get inside the cover of the game back in the old days before you just did digital downloads... Yeah. Um, was, like, full of naked women and stuff. Because those were the old pulp fictions. You had your overly-muscled barbarian warlord character oh, you picture- leaning back and having, like, the f- six harem of women <laughs> around him, feeding him grapes, and, like, everyone's greasy and but, shiny. It, it, everybody knows
0: what you're talking about when you say, like, the old fantasy cover of the yeah. guy... Two hands on the hilt of the sword. The sword is six times the size he is. Yeah. He's pointing it directly up. He's looking up and there's a woman at his feet grasping. Her, her yeah. hands are like wrapped around his. Or over his the shaft. shoulder with
2: impossible dimensions. Yeah. Like yeah. I feel like her organs are failing just by looking at her waist. <laughs> yeah. Right. So.
0: Um, okay. Uh, for me, it should, I don't know if you guys are versed in this at all. I'm big on the Dark Tower. Oh yeah, yeah. like Stephen King was such a uh, an inspiration
2: to me. I'm not, but I know we've talked about it a couple of times where you've kind of talked to me about it a little bit, but I'm not too up on it.
0: I, I love the idea of the lone heroes, the the group that are that are forced together, the, but then then choose each other, and they they keep moving through this world that is either dying, or uh, they're finding these relics and artifacts from a long lost civilization that they're now bringing up and they're so overpowered compared to the other aspects of the world that are around them now everybody is kind of down on their luck and mundane and i mean i even have um in in the campaign running now like there are these old ancient artifacts that you guys can find every once in a while that just knock you three levels higher than you should be operating at at any given point right um and you guys just found like the Eye of Vecna, yeah, right. So that's kind of what I mean. You have these super powered items, artifacts, that, yeah, uh, that you're running across, and the world is full of mundane humans that are dying off, and there's this great evil and that is going to not just wipe out the world but all of existence, right? And that's like I just love that side of of fantasy, the nihilistic. Uh, the world is coming to an end if we don't save it. And not just not just it will be ruled by an evil overlord, but we're just going to grind. The the wheel of time that always turns will grind to a halt mm-hmm. and fall over. And now there's nothing but dust. Mm-hmm. right? That's kind of what you guys are up against in this campaign. And it, it occurred to me like a year into it of writing this campaign that I'm like, oh, shit, this is where I'm getting it from. Okay, mm-hmm. all right. So I have to learn not to write myself in as a character. That's going to be a big thing. <laughs> big stumbling block, um, but uh but that's it for me. I think that that's. I mean, there's so many other places that you can grab fantasy from. It's funny that none of us said Tolkien.
1: Yeah, none of us. Said, well, Tolkien's yeah. a massive one. Well, for me
0: like as I already well. told you
2: guys before. Like, I'm not even. I honestly like, and and I'm sure someone can rant at me for three hours, and I'll ignore them. But I I just I never got it. I was like, what is the big deal here? I don't understand. Yeah, but well, I didn't even like read The
0: Hobbit until I was 31. Really? Yeah. I I had read Lord of the Rings and Silmarillion a few times. Yeah. But I never bothered with this freaking kid's book. Like, why do I care? Yeah. Um so I kinda get it, like and, and then I read it and I went, Why do I care?
2: Maybe it's because it's just a bit too clean. That's all it is. It's
1: just a bit too uh, clean. Uh, well Italians. it's it's also over popularized at this point to a certain extent, which is why I, I find a lot of groups are kind of shying away from the tropes that are established in Lord of the Rings. Yeah. But um, I know uh, a lot of groups in that I've seen play through church or whatever lean heavily on either C.S. Lewis or. I was gonna. Token. I was gonna wonder how long
0: it was gonna be before we brought up the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe.
2: Yeah, read the read yeah. a couple of, well, two of them when I was a kid, like when I was like ten or eleven or something. I but read so, I read
1: through the entire chain like three or four times, and
2: and yeah. I enjoyed those books actually. I remember I remember enjoying them. And it's not that I have really anything against Lord of the Rings. I just don't get that passion when I read it. It just it just yeah. didn't hit me. Same as music though, right? It just hits people in different yeah. ways. It it just You know, you know what unusual. you know what hit me hard? Well everybody else, like speaking of, of
0: fantasy like that uh, inspired people at a young age, I ran across a giant tome in my grandmother's house of old Grimms fairy tales. Yep. Low, oh, yeah, one, when like I think I was ten or something, and I found this and I didn't read all of it, not by a damn sight but i ran across the little mermaid and like the real version of oh, the little well, Mermaid. They, oh yeah, yeah. the dark right yeah, 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 and, yeah. and i went, uh, what <laughs> so <laughs> where's like my a, singing crab I like yeah. well obviously i like that's so i'm like torture me it's going to yeah. be good but but that put me on the on the path to the dark and gritty too and i i love the like the grim and even some of the mother goose stuff you look into the the background of it like ring around that's the that's grim Rosie. with two ends then yeah, yeah 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 okay yeah brothers <laughs> um, but uh but even the, like "Ring Around the Rosie" rhyme and stuff like there's dark,
2: dark. That's about shit. the plague, isn't
1: it? Yeah, the yeah. Plague. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll also uh, because playing with uh, you and your campaigns, Adam, um, I have started to get more of an inspiration for the dark and a love for the dark. Usually, I'm I'm all about the shining heroes defeating well, no, the grand of us. Evil, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, your, but your alignment I, has changed. There, <laughs> there's there's a podcast out there called Lore. It's by Aaron Menke. Uh, it's another great. Source of inspiration because he just goes through all of these old things of folklore, um, which are these old grim tales and all these other things, and uh, monsters. And his, like, he goes through the Wendigo and all these other monsters. Yeah, when you
0: start dealing with real trolls from actual like Norse mythology,
1: mm-hmm. it's terrifying, yeah, yeah, yeah right? it, it's it's not it, yeah, it's unsettling at best,
0: yeah, right, yeah. And even the fairies, like the fae the Wild, it would be dark, dark. If it was, if it was from from that original like Celtic and yeah. I guess Greek, there's a lot of Greek in the Feywild as well, right? Yeah, like, yeah, there is. Seder. Oh, right? I would
2: like the idea of though the the Celtic style sort of fairies where it's. It... It's kind of like what we were talking about before about the Feywild. It's just that they just think differently. Yeah. Yeah. If you die, that's not a problem for them. They just want their story or whatever. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, uh, you're going to sit here for the next uh, 11,000 years. Yeah. And you're going to tell me this one long story. It doesn't matter where it begins, where it ends, but you have to do it for 110,000 years. Yeah. Or I will eat your babies. And when you sit there and say, I only live till 80, they go, well, don't. Yeah. Choose to live longer, right? And like, I, I what do you do with that? Yeah, like yeah. that's that's frightening, right? Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, so alien. But anyways, we're a a and podcast. Yeah. So as much as I love oh, all, all of
2: these all of these inspirations, I, and the I only I, thing I could we go watch longer was Warhammer. Longer. Dan, let's talk about Warhammer.
1: <laughs> well, there's there's
2: Warhammer. There's the sort of like. Oh, that was a joke. I didn't make it
1: Oh mad. no no no! I, I could keep going. Like there, um, I am currently listening to a series of books called uh, that starts with the Lies of Lock Lamora, um. It is a fantastic source of inspiration if you want to play a bard or a rogue. Um, I, thought, your, I thought this was a Warhammer book. No, no, no. This, this is this is another bend into fantasy, and like it's it's alchemy and everything is all part of this world that is crafted, and this guy's a part of a group of con artists who are just trying to steal money, and then they get wrapped in this plot, and it's awesome. Yeah. Um, but there's that. There's Xanth uh, and all your Piers Anthony books. There's Discworld. I don't know why we mm. haven't mentioned that, right? Um, I'm playing a character now. Loki is heavily inspired by Dresden, right? Like You mm. could pull from these fantasy sources, even though like Dresden's more modern-day setting. Like you could pull from all these modern day sources and put them into your games relatively easily.
0: Yeah, and that's one of the things that I like about Forgotten Realms. I'm going to just circle back to where we should be, um, is that you can inspire any sort of story in this setting from any one of these different um, these different points of inspiration. You can bring your Conan the Barbarian in, or your uh, Orcs versus Humans in from World of Warcraft, yeah. right? You can grab um, talking lions from c.s lewis right like you can grab from different places and bring it in and it all kind of fits in forgotten realms it's almost yeah.
2: like forgotten realms when you think about the other DD D uh, campaign settings is almost like the like the neutral setting where there is there the expectations aren't left or right it's like so you can go forgotten realms and you can go kind of dark with it and people will be like okay yep. you know but yeah. with the other, some of the other campaign settings if you start changing the expectations of what you know what's to be expected. It doesn't work. Forgotten Realms you can move it around a little bit.
0: Yeah, you it's it's difficult to, to inject your Star Wars into Barovia. Yeah. Right? Or your your Lord of the Rings into Dark Sun. Uh, sometimes it'll it'll transfer over, like Conan'll go into Dark Sun. Yeah. Quite well, you know, right? Yeah. That would actually would be but, really good. Write that down. <laughs> <laughs> but you're you're right Forgotten Realms seems to be the blank slate where it'll take just about anything you can pull a piece out and put another piece in it is
1: standard generic high fantasy setting
3: that's
0: what it is so I want to talk about what exactly Forgotten Realms is but let's do that after the commercial
1: okay
3: how cool would it be to hear your company name on this podcast pretty stinking cool It's a Mimic is ready to take our show to the next level. We want to partner with other awesome businesses to share your brand with our listeners. Please email us at info at itsamimic.com for advertising information.
0: Okay, so uh, Dan, you by far have the most experience with the Forgotten Realms. I'm going to say outright that I have played a couple of campaigns in it and I didn't like it. I thought it was That's super fair. limiting. Um, as much as we say that you can put anything in it, I got stuck in Here Is This Story. And I felt like I was playing uh, one of them. I was uh, a part of the Vanguard for Dritz. Oh And he was an NPC And we were just there To protect him While he was doing missions Groundbreaking Oh my god It was painful Um, (laughs) Someone had a serious love For their fantasy characters (laughs) uh, But So there's There's good and bad From from Forgotten Realms I've seen a lot Of the bad side of it Yeah But Dan You've seen a lot Of the good side of it And so I have a bunch Of questions This is going to be Heavy on you I don't even want To roll initiative uh, Terry and I Are going to roll initiative Sure To see who can Who can ask questions you got to aim For the box Terry (laughs)
2: 11? 10. You just can never you go, go last. No. It's just, I, I don't even know why I bother rolling. I'm going to start rolling a D12 again. I'm still going to get high. Yeah, you would still win. Um, but
0: I want to talk about what Forgotten Realms actually is. Yep. For the people out there that don't know,
1: where does it come from and why is it so beloved? So uh, it's been around since AD&D. Uh, it's been around for years. Uh, Ed Greenwood is its kind of creator and grandfather he made it in 67 for his own personal like as as his own personal homebrew campaign setting and then around i want to say 80 no 76 it became an D um book that was released like a novel uh no like an actual campaign setting okay um he sold all of the rights to tsr uh once he had kind of built the a rough view of it. All right, so hold on, so that, hold, hold on.
0: A background for those of you that don't know, TSR used to own D&D before Wizards
1: of the Coast. Yeah, yeah, that was old Gary Gygax's baby. That was his company. Uh,
0: tactical, strategic, uh, t- tactics and strategy. I've, uh, I'm not going to get it. Yeah, yeah, the, no, neither it, am It I. stands for It's on the tip but, of my tongue. Yeah.
1: Um, but TSR ran with it, and then Wizards of the Coast, which now own it, which were popular with their Magic the Gathering game, Uh, bought Dungeons & Dragons and all of its properties, and there's that. So uh, the default campaign setting for Dungeons & Dragons for a very long time was Greyhawk. Through AD&D, 3rd edition, 3.5. Greyhawk is very sword and sorcery. It's also very sword and sorcery. It's very similar to the Forgotten Realms in a lot of ways, but it didn't quite have the same um, breadth of literature that was being written Around it, and a lot of literature was being written outside of it, and in terms of like novels for the Forgotten Realms, more so than was getting written in the Greyhawk world. Yeah, I would also say that that, if I remember correctly, Greyhawk didn't have the technology side of D and D. No, it was straight old-fashioned sword and sorcery. There were no guns. There was no cannons. There was no. That wasn't that wasn't even an option. No, it 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 wasn't. It was very much like knights and castles and. Uh, uh, there, 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 there wasn't even like
2: like
0: oil lanterns. It was camp.
1: no, no. There was there was oil lanterns
0: in in Greyhawk. Yeah, all right, all right. I know I never played with them, um, the but, 14, but they never, they we were they notion.
1: were like the high things that you'd get. Like if you were having a uh, urban campaign in old Greyhawk, you'd get your hooded lantern, and that was. Like, if someone saw you on the street carrying a hood and lantern, you're assumed a thief and then you are pursued by... Right, that's what I mean. Like, it's all candles and torches. It's mostly candles and torches with... Like, it's very old-style swords and swords. I kind of enjoy that.
2: I think I I would enjoy that a lot for a short time. It's great for a
1: one-off and then... Yeah. 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 Um, But uh, with all the literature that was being written and TSR was paying people to write these books... The Forgotten Realms really took off and so many people were detailing so many different sections of it that it just became a bigger and bigger and bigger thing. And it became kind of the main campaign setting that uh, Wizards and TSR released in later editions uh, that people played in, um, but Greyhawk and Oerth were still the main one. Until about 4th edition when... Um, Wizards of the Coast really embraced. Well, there's a big there's a big
0: push in 3.5 because I remember the Forgotten Realms campaign setting. Yeah, but there's also the Faerun book as well. Yeah, well and that that was
1: in response to RA Salvatore's run with Dritz and, and all those other guys. Like RA Salvatore really reinvigorated the drive and the the um, the passion. For he murdered
0: Star Wars for me. Some uh, of you will know what I'm talking about.
1: And yeah, I will never look at a moon the same way again. Exactly. Um, he, keep talking. He killed Chewbacca, <laughs> he killed with, Chewbacca the moon. Moon with the moon. He killed Chewbacca with a moon. He did it the right way. He dropped a moon on okay, him. The yeah. only way you can All kill right. Chewbacca is by like him saving a bunch of people and then yelling in defiance as he gets smushed by a moon. Like the the gravity of the planet or whatever? Just pull yeah, yeah. the moon yeah, the, and it, The, yeah. uh, the Yuzan Fong uh, put gravity wells in this planet and Chewbacca and Anakin Skywalker are... Sorry, Anakin Solo, are loading up the Millennium Falcon. And Anakin's stuck on the ground. And at the last minute, Chewbacca grabs him, throws because him in. Han
0: Solo's kid in, yeah. in, in the old version yeah. before they reboot Wait, it. Wait,
2: okay. Just tell me I got this right. So a moon, they're, yep. to my knowledge, relatively large. Uh, is coming, they're kind of big. And it got to the point where... Anakin could escape, but Chewbacca couldn't. There
1: (laughs) there was one load left that they could throw in the Millennium Falcon. Of refugees. Of refugees. And in order to save Anakin, Chewbacca hopped out, threw Anakin in. Oh, he couldn't fit. You mean pretty well Anakin was stuck on the planet I remember like yeah, the, I, I read Vector Prime so long ago yeah I don't the, know. It,
2: the
0: ship is hovering above the ground and and Anakin is a child and can't get up yeah so Chewbacca went down to grab and lift him up meanwhile the the planet is breaking apart oh, underneath okay, okay. him so he didn't then have time to get back on it and the world fell apart underneath him so Chewbacca is sinking the ship flies out and the moon lands on top of him and like so, there's
1: this there's this paragraph of like silhouetted uh, Chewbacca arms raised getting just destroyed by the wow. moon. The only time that I ever cried in
0: a Star Wars anything, anything yeah. I was yeah. I was upset. I will never forgive him.
1: Anyway, no continue. However, he didn't cry his... in the
2: pod races. Um, that was a different
0: kind of tears. <laughs> yeah. Those are tears of rage.
1: Yeah. Uh, anyways, the uh, Ari Salvatore, aside from his work in Star. In comics and Star Wars, um, really reinvigorated what the Forgotten Realms was. And Three Fives' response to that was, "Well, let's let's find a way to bring these characters and everything else from all of these other authors in." I've got like four dozen uh, Forgotten Realms books right behind Adam there that I, that I've read. It, it's it's fantastic if you look down there on the shelf. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I um, I'm making my way through all the old tales of Ed Greenwood and his Wizard of Elminster and everything else, and like the the stories he wrote about him growing up. Um, rereading my way through those right now, but yeah, that's that's the long. Yeah, I've got Vector Prime right there. I'm fine. I'm finding it. Now. I've, I've tuned out. You know, <laughs> okay, no, no, no. How about you put the book down and we'll got, reminisce later. People <laughs> have got to get to work. Right where going. <laughs> all right, but yeah, so uh, Ed Greenwood really spearheaded it, created it, gave a platform for others to build onto it by selling the property to TSR and then going on to write a bunch of books himself. Uh, or Salvatore contributed, a bunch of other authors dipped into this as well and built it up things like, you know, Waterdeep and Neverwinter. There was the Neverwinter Nights video game which really brought this out as well yeah
0: i sunk more than a few hours into that back in the day
1: yeah i we recently tried to play it and they turned their servers off and me and my buddy russell were just like no and it's finally over so we started playing the neverwinter mmo that came out and then realized it was all fourth edition and stopped uh yeah all right um, twitch behind that yeah uh but yeah so origins ed greenwood everybody else building onto it and then Wizards of the Coast really embraced it with 4th Edition and made it their thing. And, and to make it their thing, they entered in the Spell Plague, um, which... Well, hold, hold on. Bef- before we get to the Spell Plague,
0: I remember having a conversation with you about six months ago where I said, Dan, this is in the first incarnation of the podcast before it was called It's a Mimic. Hmm. And we recorded a handful of episodes and they were terrible.
1: Yeah, right. So, <laughs> so Not great. Not good.
0: <laughs> um, but I remember telling you that... Uh,
2: I, I asked you, do you know why they call it the Forgotten Realms? Oh, yeah, and and you didn't know. Not then,
1: and I have since done some research.
2: I've always wondered. In fact, I've been walking around pretending that I knew. (laughs) (laughs) So so this is one of the handful of things that I do know about Forgotten Realms. Um,
0: The Forgotten Realms are called the Forgotten Realms because there is like fifteen thousand years of written history about it. Okay, you know how we have like, oh, like more, way more than that.
1: Is it is more than that? Yeah, uh, the first sundering was around thirty thousand years. So right, but we've we've lost a lot of that knowledge. Like yeah, like there's still like, well, the, there's the age of giants or whatever they call it, or age of thunder. Yeah, that's what an age of thunder, which they right starts off, which is tens of thousands of thousands. Oh, of years so it's ago, certain so. ages, civilizations that yeah. get collapsed so, and then So the forgotten realms is because
0: there's so many ruins and there's so many bits and pieces over the last 15,000 years that are being rediscovered mm-hmm. these these temples to gods that you've never heard of before that are sunk down swallowed by the jungle and so now you can adventure to go find these things it's what like Chult is right the Tomb of Annihilation yeah. it's one of these long forgotten um, yeah, relics it's, it's not
1: even that far off but uh, something that came up in the reading that I thought was absolutely awesome and inspiring and I really want to roll a different character now Um Lizard folk, boliwogs, and arakocra are the de- like the distant, distant, distant relatives of the creatures who ran the show in the days of thunder before anything else happened, right? Like, all the old lizard people. They're the, yeah, they're like lizards, amphibians, and bird people ran all of the world before the elves even showed up. Lizard folk,
2: boliwogs, and arakocra sounds like a pretty sick group of three metal bands, if you ask me. But yeah, sure. yeah.
1: bullywog. Bullywugs a good metal band name? Well, I, there's some pretty bad ones out there. That's so. <laughs> true. Yeah, Days of Thunder is a pretty good band too. Mm. So, uh, all right, hold on. I, I'm gonna
0: I'm gonna pause Dan for a second. Terry, when when I say the Forgotten Realms,
2: what are the cities you think of right off the bat? Uh, I would think of Neverwinter. I think of Waterdeep, uh, Baldur's Gate. Those are the three. What, what's the difference? Oh, <laughs> I don't know. See, see, my experience with the Forgotten Realms is I was talking to you guys off air, is uh, is the whole drag and drop, is how what I use the Forgotten Realms for. Yeah. I don't really, I've never really played in the Forgotten Realms, I've just gone oh, that city would be great over here yoink, put my, it down.
0: My experience with Terry in the Forgotten Realms was half of, not even half, the intro to the first session of Curse of Strahd you guys are walking down the road and you come across uh, some Vistani sitting there and they've got this, this what was it, crystal ball come over here, we'll read your fortune, and then pff, you're in Barovia that's the amount of time that we have spent in the last two years in the Forgotten Realms. Yeah. that's all of it. It was five a, minutes. Yeah, about a narration. It was minutes. it was minutes. it was a, a prologue. So it uh, makes me deeply
1: sad. Uh, uh, I can wh- tell
2: you where you were on that map. Uh, you were by the point of something. The thick, sharp teeth. Did I don't know where you were. Well, the spine you of the
1: world's to- there. The king of many arrows is up to the north, high forest, uh, where they buy water. Neverwinter or where water- sure. you
0: Yeah, Sword Mountains? One of those. It was a road. It was a road. It was a long road. There were farmlands. I vaguely remember there being farmlands. Anyway, not the point. The point (laughs) is, Dan, what's the difference between Neverwinter, Waterdeep, and Baldur's Gate? These are our three big cities, right? Uh,
1: Waterdeep is... It's the metropolis. It is the metropolis of metropolis. It is the center of pretty much everything. It is on the map. It's centered between the three of them, which is... Fairly awesome. Um, I'm, I'm fairly certain. I'm, I'm not exactly sure where on the map, Baldur's Gate. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, far it's, on which, south. yeah, it's way in the south. So we got a map to reference here, just in case we sound like idiots. Uh, but Waterdeep is very much the large metropolis. Um, before, it was very much just kind of a hand-waved, it's a big city and there's a maze under it, um, which the Mad Mage created an Under Mountain, and people would go down into this uh, dungeon, which constantly changed... Um, to get this fabled uh, artifact in the bottom of it. Um, what is the artifact? You I have any idea? I don't know off the top of my head. I think it is it the
0: Starstone? Could be. I haven't I haven't I haven't read, I don't know. Know. My, I haven't read my, my
1: Pathfinder might be bleeding in because the Starstone might be a Pathfinder thing. Okay. But it's it's we would
2: undoubtedly not
1: use whatever it is anyway in change. There, it. there is. Tell, tell us in the comments. Please tell us in the comments. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it's that one artifact that makes you a god. Sure, the MacGuffin, the yeah, God MacGuffin, the God MacGuffin. Um, so it's uh, the Lords of Waterdeep kind of rule what is Faerun now. They are the they are the center of the of Faerun, as much as it is. Neverwinter is uh, very much a. You mean the Lords Alliance
0: is. Is that
1: what yeah. Well, no, no, no. I mean, I mean specifically the Lords of Waterdeep, which is the council that runs Waterdeep. Yeah. Okay. Um, is separate from the Lords Alliance. Um, the
2: Lords Alliance, by my understanding, is lords from various cities, and yeah. areas, like a, all inveder- get together. Like a confederation. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and yes, you're you're right. Okay. Um, but they and they come from everywhere, uh, from Cormyr and Amn and. Sure ever meet and everywhere and then come back anyways um neverwinter is very much a it's a port town um it's a very large center of commerce for the area but Um, it didn't
0: used to be this is a recent thing in in the in the current lore right so so neverwinter was um beset upon by orcs and then other evil things as well yeah and then um i think it was fourth edition uh said you know what you you saved Neverwinter. Yeah. It is now back on the map and it's a bustling city yeah. within the last decade. Yeah. yeah. So it, it's come back really recently. So yeah. there's a lot of story potential there of being kind of on the fringes of the north.
1: Yeah. Um, Baldur's Gate um, is a uh, massive town to the far south. Baldur's Gate is named after a... Baldur? Yeah, Baldur and a big-ass gate that is in the city. Um, it's another... Uh, is it like a gate to another dimension, or is it just like white picket fence and
0: uh, chain link, maybe? My
1: knowledge of Baldur's Gate is very low and distant. I played the video games back way when, and I've recently heard that you could get them downloaded on your phone and have avoided doing it because I occasionally need to make money. you need to do yeah, <laughs> And yeah, I need to do need my, to my job, and yeah. if I get those games on my phone, goodbye paycheck. Sure, but, yeah, okay. Yeah, so uh, it, it's, it's another one of those but boulder
0: boulder was a was a um like a almost a hercules yeah, uh, yeah. level hero way back in the day and so he's a, a fabled um folk hero right. really right yeah. so that's that that's where he comes from and they they founded the city either around him or they renamed it after him they renamed it after him so um yeah. what are the main conflicts in forgotten realms <laughs> we could go for days on this. Every single... Just, just the main ones. Um, like if, you had, if you had to say there are three, right? Are we talking... Uh, hold on. B- before you get into it, are we talking the Underdark versus the surface? Are we talking Orcs versus humans? Are we talking Elves versus Dwarves? What are your conflicts?
1: Okay, you want to go big scale. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I don't I don't care what
1: this guy told that guy. I, okay. But, uh, elves if, versus drow. Sure. Okay. And like specifically elves and this, versus this drown. is an
2: an active conflict, not just a, a never just a ending fight. Uh,
1: since before the age of man, this fight has been going. So, um,
2: um like, uh, almost like is it like a cold war? Is it like an active war? No, no, it's an active war. Still like, fighting.
1: um, if if a if a drow walked into a high elf, uh, city, chances are they're gonna get killed on the spot, hmm. right? Like, so
0: so the idea is that the Underdark starts. Um, we're going to get into the underdark in seven episodes. It's going to be our next lore episode, yeah. but the underdark starts three miles below the surface and, uh, pops up out in like the wild. There are these little openings or these caves. And so they've yeah. got their ways up to the surface. The elves know where these things are. And so they like have
2: fortified around them. And, watch, and, oh, it's not, not more than a watch. It's they've fortified around it. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. Anything so, out. so it is drow versus elves like, and and
1: dwarves. Dwarves, and dwarves are also heavily involved here because they're the ones who... They're underground mining. Underground
0: mining. So they often accidentally go into the... But on yeah. top
1: of that, dwarves and elves are also the long-lived races in, in the Forgotten Realms. So uh, there's a lot of infighting between elves and dwarves. Um, because they were the two races that really came up. And then from the elves, the drow were created. While elves and dwarves were the big things, right?
0: Yeah. So... Um, but I would say that it's really that, that area, the three miles beneath the surface, that's where that fight would be happening, mm-hmm. for the most part. The, sometimes the drow will get out to the surface, but they don't do well under the sun. Like yeah. They've been cursed by their gods when they became drow, when they were turned into dark elves. So, so what do the drow want?
2: What is their goal?
1: Uh the el- the elimination of all elves. <laughs>
2: uh, but then um, they would just continue to start to, re- to live in the underdark. Well,
1: <laughs> well, essentially they want revenge
0: on on the elven gods that cursed them. Yeah, right. So, um, and Lolf, their goddess, has said, "Stick with me, and and I'll help you do it." Now that is by the broad strokes, and there are people that are beating their heads against their steering wheels listening to this on the way to work. But that is there, ultimately- There's a lot to
1: it. Like the, the thing about the Forgotten Realms is there is. Like I said earlier, there are decades of people pouring into this that made it canon. It's coming from
2: all angles. It's right? going to be changed. And
1: yeah. then 4th edition said, well, some of that's canon. Others isn't because the spell plague happened. And Mistra died for the third time and so then has since come back with 5th edition. Being goddess of, of uh, magic. magic. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. what are
2: the other two? You said there was three main ones.
1: Um, we there is the fight between uh, Thay and uh, Rathim. Um, or specifically everybody and Thay.
0: Um, the hell's is Thay?
1: They is a uh, major crass. Oh, I'm sorry. All
0: I can think of now is the uh, the grindhouse movies by uh, Tarantino, um, and remember you like all all the trailers are like, don't. Right and and Thanksgiving and did you guys ever see the Grindhouse or am I just N- no I don't the wind?
1: no I never did. All right,
0: so he's got a whole bunch of fake trailers that are just like cheesy bullshit. Oh, wait, exploitation no. trailers. One Is there of them, a trail in one of them. One of those oh, yeah. hobo oh, with that's a shotgun. machete came from it. Yeah,
2: thought. Machete's one of those. It was, yeah, it was no, a trailer. Yeah,
0: and yeah, yeah.
1: And, and so hobo with a shotgun, I've seen actually.
0: Yeah. So so, but all of this was was fake stuff. I remember they had a uh, movie called They. That was very much in the same pulp idea. So every time that you say, oh, up against Thay, (coughs) all I can think of are giant ants attacking a movie theater. Because that is the level of crap that, that, so. No. So no, it's not
1: giant insects. Thay, T-H-A-Y, is a majocracy, which is a country ruled by wizards. Specifically, uh, it is. That's not a real word, is it? It is once you. We're talking about Dungeons and Dragons, That's man. Just like words are made up all the time. And they joke, <laughs> crassie, but uh, Thay is uh, one of the greatest civilizations in the Forgotten Realms in Faerun, and it is ruled by a guy by the name of Zaztam.
0: Obviously, yes.
1: Yeah, uh, who is a archlich of massive power, and uh, the Red Wizards of Thay for very many generations were a conglomerate of liches specifically liches who used a sort of packed magic kind of thing to create these massively powerful spells so so they is not giant ants it's undead it's 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 undead recently zaztan because he's been cowed by a lot of other adventures and past adventure paths and things has since allowed like humans and various living. How very 2019 wizards? of him? Yes. Yeah, yeah. In into his thing, but they mostly just end up becoming his servants. What, who, what's his name? R- Razmataz? <laughs> zaz Tam. It does have a Z in it. S Z A S S space T A M Zaz Tam. Zaz Tam. I don't think I'll ever work
2: with that that character because of uh, I just have a strong dislike of anyone who has a Z in their name. Yeah.
1: Ne- needs more zaz. Yeah, and uh, him and the. Uh, um, the people of Rashashem or uh, Rashomen it's hard like, words are made up Terry yeah. it happens uh, they're hard to pronounce a lot of the times uh, I'm suddenly forgiving oh my god I'm suddenly
0: get, forgiving Tolkien for the rote we get and,
2: so many DMs complaining about how we pronounce words shut up it's written down I don't
4: know how <laughs> to say it
1: uh, yeah no we could go we could go for days but uh, the Rashem are very uh, Rashomen are very militaristic uh, barbaric people who hate they and are they really spearhead a lot of these things and if it wasn't for them Zazham would rule all of Faerun with a with an iron gauntleted fist okay right? so so what's the third third one uh just just by the broad broad stroke goblinoids broad strokes yeah anything green with green skin versus anything with pink skin all right oh Right? I mean, that's pretty straightforward. Yeah, it, it, it's very like orcs, goblins... Romulans. Uh, ro- <laughs> no? <laughs> no. animals. Okay. Now, uh, What? I don't know. I'm <laughs> just <laughs> sticking with a the theme. <laughs> yeah, that was a free game. bollywogs, kobolds. Yeah. yeah. Versus. Monstrous creatures versus the civilized races, as they were, right? Okay. All right. So, okay.
0: What defines a civilized race? Because aren't the goblinoids technically civilized compared to an owlbear? They have, uh, they have a hierarchy. Compared and they, to an owlbear? No. Really? Because they have
1: a language. They've got the ability and to owlbears have a language as well. They use tools. So, well, owlbears are far more intelligent than people give them credit for.
0: Okay, alright. So we we found d d PETA over here.
1: <laughs> but No, but... The, so the, the, the I'm going to kill the, an owlbear next time I see it. I, I, I guess the line is... i going to pull uh, into the campaign just um, resp- for Like, uh, the de- line rests between... Uh, Monstrous tendencies and more. So, are we talking chaos to law? Chaos or are we to talking law.
0: Good to evil.
1: Yes, both. Um, your goblins wouldn't fit in modern society, as it were, in 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 civilized society in the Forgotten Realms because they would just go around and they have no concept of really ownership. They go, "Oh, I like that. It's mine now," and that is just kind of the way they are. So, would you consider then? kender to be civilized uh no because I hate kender with an undying passion yeah okay all the kardashians but, but yes <laughs> yes they would because they're technically half <laughs> the kardashians
0: <laughs> uh, I also hated their occupation of Bajor. Um <laughs> so, <That's all> circle. <laughs> so would you say, uh, I apologize to no one, <laughs> like, would you say that, that Forgotten Realms is a high fantasy?
1: Oh yeah, 100%. But, it's okay, wizards
0: what, and... But what's there between high
1: fantasy and low fantasy for those that don't know? Uh, high fantasy is more magic. Low fantasy is knights and... Uh, it almost, like, almost fairy tale. Like a dragon will exist,
2: but it is
0: the green dragon the, that breathes fire. Exactly right. So, it is, know, it the is the it world is nice
1: famous say, green
2: dragon because everything else is mundane. Exactly right. Yeah.
1: Like you might find one centaur in the woods somewhere. Maybe there are elves, but they're mostly like hidden, reclusive fae creatures who will occasionally be like, "Here's a gift," and that's the end. Right? Like they're more they're more Keebler than Tolkien. Sure. Do you understand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, no,
0: I'm with you. They're working in Santa's workshop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. My next question then is, just really quickly, everybody gets one one quick brief sentence. Okay, I don't know how to do that. Who, who who are the main players? So I, I've I've got a couple, and then you you blast it out from there. Okay, um, who is Dritz? Dritz is
1: the He's the a, good dark elf ranger with his pet panther, who's really. Uh, Object of power. I feel like he's pretty. Is he pretty? Uh yeah, yeah. Uh, he difference? is he is part of a elementary is he, group. Is he good at everything is no he, matter what? Is he misunderstood? No, no. no. Well, yes. Not now. Um the the later, the more modern, like the newer Dritz books really explore the fact that he's eternal and all of his friends are dead, which messes with him and it's they're actually really interesting. But uh yes. Dritz the emo. Okay, so Yes. When Ra Salvatore was originally writing the Dritz books. One sentence. One I told sentence. you I can't do it. When he was reading the uh, writing You've the got books all the way back to the origin of this. No, no, no. When he was writing the books, that's the beginning. <laughs> yeah, because the books have not been completed. He was actually writing them with the barbarian Wolfgar in mind. Obviously, yes. And then Dritz, and, and then Dritz was a side character that the fan base latched on and said, hey, no, you need to write more about Oh Drits. my god, that's
0: just like giving Jar Jar his own freaking series, though. Oh my god, write that down. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, alright. Yeah. Okay. He <laughs> he is the iconic drow, anti-hero kind character, like, I'm defeating the my history and my traditions to become something new. Okay, Wh- who's Elminster? Uh, massive, powerful wizard, fighter, cleric of Mistra. uh, Nope, that in a old no, in no, old D anD D he was a level thirty five character. I was gonna say like he's gone epic. epic levels. He's, levels. He's, he's beyond epic levels. Yeah, uh, uh, Morden um uh, is a earth, not is Forgotten he? Realms, but he's so powerful he kind of jumps around everywhere. Um, he, he is. He, he was Gygax's wizard. He was Gygax's he was wizard. He he. Well, I don't think if he, I don't think he was Gygax's no, specific was, character. No, he was one of his friends that played in the campaign. Yeah. Um. Oh,
2: I th- I thought he was someone screaming.
0: But out. it's I'm like uh, sure he was Who
1: was it? Odo Luke Ar- is Luke Gygax? Like Odo Luke was Luke uh, Gary Gygax's son, right? Like all these other characters that came in. Yeah,
0: him. yeah. There's, there's Big B and there's. Uh,
1: and maybe it wasn't Warmage right. and there's uh, Melf. There's, He's Melf. Sorry, Melf. Melf? Yeah, Luke Gygax is Melf. Uh and
0: you, and you know, you know that these guy who these guys are, they're 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 a he, council of wizards that. No, no, but 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 you know that they are the council that that they're all of Gary's friends. Yeah. because all of the spells are named after them. It's Tasha's hideous yeah. laughter. He played a campaign with Tasha as a yeah right, yeah. and so that's where all of yeah. these different Liamens. No, yeah, arrow. yeah, right, and
1: so. big Bigme, Ta- uh, Tasha. Otto Luque, uh, which, which,
0: is, which is also, uh, auto. Otto? No, auto is, auto is different. Auto is different. Yeah. Auto's a different character. Uh, Otto's irresistible dance.
3: Yeah. Right. Otto's new.
0: So, yeah. So anyway, anyway, so, um, is there anybody
1: else that, well, who are the bad guys? Who's uh, the big bad guy? The, there besides are besides Zaz- so There's Zaz Tam. There is... I just s- couldn't take him seriously. He could be the most
2: terrifying glitch ever. And if he was like, I am Zaztam, I'd be like, oh my... You gotta fix that.
1: Gnarly, dude! I'm, I'm not taking him seriously, yeah. <laughs> a, a lot of the big bads are, are liches. There's there's well, Zaztam, there is... Uh, uh, what's, what's his name from uh, Tomb of Annihilation? Oh, uh, no! Aserak? Aserak. Aserak. Who is... Aserak? Yeah. Aserak. Uh, or Aserak. He is an Aserak. Everyone yeah. makes that joke. Um, but he he is uh, frequently played by Chris Perkins. When he does his things, he's played Asarak a bunch of... Aserac, damn it, Terry. Uh, Tesseract? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Tesseract exists. Um, and uh, beyond there, there are like evil gods like Cyril... Uh, sorry, Cyric. Not Cyril. Not Cyril. Not Cyril. Um, there is, uh, the many arrows clan of orcs uh, led by obold mini arrow. Um, so, so there's a lot of, bad there's a guys lot of little this. bad guys in all of this. Uh, and all this is in fifth ed. Yeah. yeah. Or
0: is, is this, are you bringing this up from 3.5? Um, obold or? might
1: be 3.5, but, uh, Zaztam and, uh, Aserak and them, they are, they are part of fifth ed. Yeah. Okay. So I, right, I, right, I'm going to turn to Terry now. Of, Thank all you.
0: Of, of all of the crap that Dan just spewed. Yeah. What is the one thing? And not to say that it was crap, but yeah. Dan just spewed just a fount of he information. Did. Yeah. Like, just, I'm I'm, over, I'm overwhelmed. Just just <laughs> just remember, it was Zazzy. Okay. Alright. So of all of the stuff you just said, what is the thing that piques your interest? Of all the stuff that you're like, hey, you know what? I'd play in that campaign. Mm. I, I'd be interested mm-hmm. in, in dealing with that thing.
2: Well, I like me a good undead. And I think the uh, the Council of Liches that you talked about, uh, despite the awful names. How come every time somebody's a bad guy, they have to have an X or a Z in their name? Like, when that when that person is a baby, I would automatically identify that person as a bad guy. Because they have a Z in because their name. Because everyone is a Locky Fidgety Gibbons Boyle. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> but I, I thought that sounded pretty cool. Because we've seen, like, orc bands and stuff yeah. before. And, and I love those tropes, but... Uh, I I the the next bad guy is going to be named Zax just don't with 8 X's a
0: Y and a Z just don't (laughs) the V is silent
2: don't worry about it (laughs) but so so, so that's the thing that jumps out to you yeah I think that would pique my interest
0: the most I'm super interested in, in the flip side of that this council of wizards that are all like epic level powered. Mm-hmm. why are they not saving the world right why are there still orcs and and liches and mm-hmm. arch liches and and zazes and why do all of these things still exist when we have our our and our elminster's and our these guys are around like why why did gandalf let let a bunch of bad shit happen right like, he let like, uh, Grima Wormtongue do all of that. Yeah. He freaking knew better, but he allowed it because he had other things to do. What are these guys up to that they're not stopping this? was it, the, the that can many be camp- arrowed Is that what yeah, you're getting oh, to? All is all that could be a
2: campaign in itself? You're yeah, I, the I, idea of where are they and what they're doing? Yeah, yeah. so
0: I'm, I'm trying to get into the idea of, of this, the campaign inspirations for people that don't know a damn thing about the, the backstory. Yeah. Right? So what can they grab onto to start with and then they can do their digging afterwards, yeah. right? So, so that that's kind of that's kind of what I'm what I'm asking now, Dan. What's what's the thing in Forgotten Realms that you're like, oh, that's cool, but I've never done it.
1: Um, the ruins of sure. Um, Netheril. Sure. Um, N e t h e r i l. For those who will be looking it up online later, um, it is a massive old civilization of floating islands that have crashed to the ground, and thus there's a bunch of ruins there and. One of their cities made it into the uh, Shadowfell for a long time and then came back and, like, assaulted Mithranor and stuff like that. And it it's, it's this really cool, intriguing story of these people who ran the show across Faerun for thousands of years with their magical prowess that just stopped one day and left their artifacts everywhere.
0: I'm going to tell you right now that if I'm going to do that where we're searching the, like, the fallen cities and all that... I will have one of those cities float again. The, the players can now have their own flying city.
1: Yeah. Right? Like, oh, yeah. No, that that's a goal. Have a keep on a floating city that you... Well, crap, we got to go to Waterdeep today. Well, hit the aft thrusters. Let's move. <laughs> All right? right. I shall play Squall, the lovable fighter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so
0: let's uh, let's wrap up. Is there anything that we've forgotten on Forgot- like, Forgotten Realms? There's a bunch. I know yeah. that we have... There is so much lore, and if... I, uh, sorry, I can't believe I didn't say this before. If you want to know more, pick up the so the Sword Coast Adventures Guide. All of this stuff is in there, yeah. or most of it's in there. you got to do some deep dives on some novels, but the, by the broad strokes for 5th Ed, that's the book you're looking for. You're not going to find it in the Player's Handbook. You're not going to find it in Volos or Xanathars or the Dungeon Master's Guide. This is where you need to go. When I first picked up the Sword Coast Adventures Guide like a year and a half ago, I flipped through it and I went... Garbage, 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 garbage. <laughs> New class, neat. But no no no, really. All of that stuff at the beginning, the chapters one and two, super useful yeah. for building a campaign, or at least for, for getting an idea on where to go with your campaign, mm-hmm. because
2: someone's already done the footwork yeah. to, to lay that out for it, you. It I does mean. lay it out quite simply, yep. I found. And and I was talking to you guys before about dragging and dropping. Like if you want to do that, you, you can do that quite easily with the Forgotten Realms. Forgotten Realms we talked about it a lot, but uh Adam, do you like it? The Forgotten Realms,
0: still not as much as some of the others. I still want. I still <laughs> yeah. want Dark
2: Sun. I still want Eberron. I still.
0: Yeah. I. I liked the Curse of Strahd. I did. Um. I, I like the Gothic horror. I want to play in a in a campaign with Cthulhu. Yeah. Right. Like I just. I really want to go that route. Yeah. There's no place for that for me anyway in high fantasy.
1: Cthulhu exists in the Forgotten Realms. We're gonna yeah, do that. Though, we're, we gotta, I, we're gonna know try that
2: does, Cthulhu game. We're gonna. We're gonna
1: run yeah, it.
0: Absolutely. We should. We should broadcast it too. Anyway. So, what is not, what is definitively not Forgotten Realms? We'll wrap up this conversation with what is definitively not Forgotten Realms. Eberron, which is steampunk. Very high fantasy. They've got trains. I mean, it's run by magic.
2: I would like that, you know. I would love that. I would make that kind of
0: Airships. They got, I mean, the Warforged aren't robots. Don't think for a second they are, but they're a good
1: analog of. (laughs) Yeah. Right? They are animated uh, they are animated
0: uh, inanimate objects. Inanimate right? objects, yeah, yeah right. right. Um, uh, there's the Curse of Strahd, which is your Gothic horror, which takes place in the Shadowfell, right? But or Barovia
1: specifically, but right? Like, but it's still not Forgotten Realms. Forgotten yeah. Realms
0: is like the Prime Material Plane. So um, there's Ravnica, which is magic. Well, the uh, Gathering. Yes. Now here's the thing that Terry said earlier about I want I want more cities that can be dragged and dropped into places. Right. The new Ravnica book, Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica, I picked it up and I'm like, ooh, Minotaurs and Loxodons. But then I actually did like a bit more of a, a deep dive into it. And it has a lot of really cool stuff in it that can just be picked up. This guild can be dropped in, into this. This
2: faction can be dropped into this. That's what I like. And then you can adjust it as you want to. Uh, but it takes a legwork out of it, if uh, especially if you're a newer DM, and it's just like, hey, just use somebody else's <laughs> thing. Just change it a little bit.
0: Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite things about it is, and I, I don't know if you've looked into it at all, they have an evil carnival. I love it already. That is, I don't need to know anything else, right? Like I love it. I'm,
2: I'm in, right? You've, I'm already sold. Evil carnival. Put a, a character loosely based on the Joker in there somewhere, and I'm having the time. Yeah, to like, absolutely. And torture me, mess me up while we're in that carnival. Oh yeah, we're gonna go straight up, cripple Batgirl. Right? Yeah, and like, like and that's they like, don't rush through that in one session. That's a multiple session. We're gonna yeah. torture you over a couple of. Oh battles. yeah, we're,
0: there are three rings to the circus, and we're gonna spend time in each, right? Yeah, like, but. And the last one that I wanted to to bring up is that we've said over and over again is Greyhawk. Yeah. So if... Which is
1: old school,
0: kind of lower fantasy, not high fantasy. And
1: if you are taking some of these old modules and uh, repurposing them for your 5th edition group, most of them are going to take place inside of Greyhawk. But there's nothing stopping you from saying, Oh, the Keep on the Borderlands? No, yeah, that's, that's in Amn or something,
0: right? Yeah, you can just drop it somewhere else in Forgotten Realms. Um, and and use what uh, what they already have sitting there uh, in 5th edition for you. Now, we just talked a whole lot about that, or rather Dan talked a whole lot, and Terry and I got schooled. My voice that's, is dry. That, yeah, that's all right. Um, because the next little bit I've, is going to be Terry and I heavy, and, Dan, you can relax a little bit. Woohoo! Um, but first, before we do that, I want to do a shout-out to Dungeons underscore and underscore Maps. Uh, he's on Instagram. He's <laughs> got a... Um, a uh, Patreon that uh, that's really really cool for him. He makes kind of homebrew maps. He sent me one that is actually pretty badass, and I can't wait to use it in a campaign. It's like a sunken ship, but it's kind of half out of the water. Oh, I like that. And there's uh, there's shoreline on it as well, so it's like a shipwreck that had like run up against the rocks and sunk, and then it's, it's slowly getting eaten up. And and but his the, the maps come with the one by one inch grid on it so if you can print them out at that size you don't have to do any more work and they're colored and they're beautiful and he, he does fantastic and he's greek right we don't have a whole lot of D players that oh, i know anyway awesome. that, that that's from greece so so anyway i just wanted to uh to give him a shout out uh he's been i, I look at his work all the time and it's, yeah. it's always fantastic and he's prolific there are tons of maps so go check him out on instagram again that's uh at dungeons underscore and underscore maps uh, and, uh, and go check out his Patreon as well If you like his stuff so. That's awesome That's a really good one I'm going to check that out So um, uh, He actually sent us a map for free. What? Yeah, with the one that I was just describing. So I'm going to try to... We're doing a river campaign right now, right? Yep. So I'm going to try to work this in at some point. It's pretty S- badass. So we,
1: so we know who to blame if that screws us.
0: Yeah, there will be three death tyrants inside of it. So. Oh, God. Oh, good.
2: <laughs> um, that, that'll
0: make we a total, just
1: lost a fight
2: to one. That'll make a total of five that we've come across. <laughs> so. um, all
0: right, so I want to wrap up. I know we're going long. Dan's just like grinding his teeth over there about it. But... Let's start talking about how you would use important touchstones um, in your own game. Like, how do you use Forgotten Realms in your homebrew campaign? What can you take from it?
2: Uh, I, I, are we going to roll? Yeah, let's, let's roll. roll.
0: Let's roll. with
2: I win with so a nine. So the highest was a nine, and I still didn't win. Yeah,
1: well, but you're not last.
2: No, I got a not four. Last. You're not last. Um...
1: Damn. I I've
0: said that you're done talking, but here you go. Yeah, here yeah. I go. Um, the big thing you I would three pull, sentences.
2: <laughs> and don't be messing around with no, no semicolons no, or no, anything.
0: No, 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 no. Haiku.
1: We, I need a haiku. Yeah. How does a haiku work again? It's, it's 575. Five, seven,
2: five,
0: seven, five? Just I just want to watch them count. It's <laughs> funny. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> no, <laughs> thanks, okay. buddy. All right, no, no, seriously.
1: No, now, from the realms I'd pull...
2: Yeah, don't say it back to yourself. You sound like an idiot on the <laughs> internet. <laughs> They'll get you. Um,
1: magnificence, magnificent cities, and all. Okay, all right. Magnificent cities, all. Uh, monsters. Yeah, no, I give up. Yeah, I just you I, I, three I You could have end. just said I give up, and then that would have been done. <laughs> yeah, it hey, oh, works. All right. uh, but no, I, I I would go in. and I pull. Uh, the way this game works, like you could go in and like pull something out of context and slap it somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, you just got to know where to find it. So, um, you've got to pull it out and slap it. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Um, I would go into tomb of annihilation, uh, for all my fledgling DM friends out there. And I would go into the back of the book where all these traps are. And I would pull out these traps that are interesting and unique Kay. and awesome and throw them into your game. Okay. So, okay. <laughs> like yeah, like I'm taking notes. Depression. Yeah. All right.
2: <laughs> good. Yeah. yeah. Take notes. Uh, Dan, I, I agree with you going second. I the, the reason I like Forgotten Realms so much, as I touched on it earlier, because it's I find it's kinda neutral. You can play with it more. There you there's not so much pressure to do it a certain way. So you can pick something up and take it somewhere else and a nerd is not gonna have a brain aneurysm because you did it, because it's not like you're changing yeah. Greyhawk or Eberron or something. It's a little bit more forgiving in that sense. I, I I thought I thought I got it wrong, but I but I got it right in my head.
0: Um I like the weave. That's what I would use. That's mm-hmm. one of the things that I would take from from Forgotten Realms specifically. And the weave is just, it's not your hairstyle. It's the actual way that magic works. Uh, if you're homebrewing a campaign, you don't have to figure out where your pantheon comes from or how the magic works or what the gods did to create this special... Force in the world is already there. Mm-hmm. You can change the continent and the details and the races and the available classes. You can do. You can change absolutely everything at the base level, but when it still comes down to how the magic works and the spells that are being used, it's still there and it lifts so nicely out of the Forgotten Realms, yeah. and and you can put it on pretty much
1: anything. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I find a lot of people do, and uh, um, this was something that happened in Critical Role, which you are. Not really well-versed in Adam, but Terry and I are. Um, In in campaign one, they really pulled heavily into the Vecna mythos. And like, hand of Vecna, eye of Vecna. You mentioned how earlier we have the uh, eye of Vecna now in our campaign. I know, I dropped the hand of Vecna in the previous campaign and the
0: entire table sat up. And I'm like,
1: how do you know? (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) This is supposed
0: to be a surprise, guys. Yeah. Uh, Um,
2: Have I entered that point in my D&D? career now where i've lost the wonder I, I know what everything is no not everything but no no there's still more there's okay.
1: always more my friend yeah no i i actually that that, that stuff drives me insane uh a little bit because vecna is very much uh uh gray villain that people have just been like and now he's here and now he's here and now he's here just because he's got a very interesting story to him yeah he's been adapted right? over right? Uh, it, it, it's things like if I, I understand, and I've run games where I've pulled the Pantheon out of Forgotten no, no, Realms and you, put it in, right? You don't have to say anything but
0: else. I get it. When you look at all the different like incarnations of Transformers, and now they're on Cybertron, and now they're on Earth, and now it's Beast Wars, and now it's... Or, and, and, you had
1: best not be slamming Beast Wars. No,
0: I'm not. But the, the point is that Megatron is in all of them. Yeah, yeah. And like, how? And Optimus Prime is and, in and, all of them. And Starscream. Why are they in every single incarnation? It doesn't make sense, because technically they all fit in the story are these guys just immortal right and how many times do we have to kill them before you know what i don't care anymore right and that that's how you, that's how I, f- I think you feel about vecna being yeah. pulled into yeah to yeah.
1: forgotten realms so um but in terms of like a, a lot of these artifacts keep on getting pulled out but there's one artifact i put in every single one of my games and i love it it's the regalia of evil it Tell is.
2: us what is the regalia of evil. So, sounds so you delightful. don't know everything. It sounds like I don't know everything. So I the reg-
1: The regalia of evil are three magic items that, when put together, make you a, an evil god. Oh yeah, yeah. They are uh, a gauntlet, a uh, a gauntlet, a crown, and a mace. I believe is the three of them, um, and each one has massive amounts of power to them. And each one is an artifact of their own, and each one has like a these grand mace? cults that work. No, like a named mace that doesn't, like, if you swing it at someone, you're using it wrong. You should be using the powers it gives it's you. Like, it's like a magical scepter. That's
2: what <laughs> I yeah, it's item. more scepter That's than mace. That's the type mace. of item yeah. that you would give me, and I would just swing it, and you'd be like, you are stop, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I swing with my mace, which could blow up the world.
1: Yeah, but I, I would throw the regalia of evil in every single last one of my campaigns.
0: Yeah, see, uh, watch the thing you throw in every one of your campaigns, Terry? Like that one item, the one thing from Forgotten Realms that you're just like, you know what, here it is. Every campaign.
2: I don't think there's anything in particular that I throw in to, to every Elves. campaign. <laughs> uh, no, we, we, we actively try to remove them. Um, because, because in me, my life as Terry, I'm all about variety, spice of life, and all that. So I just like to explore different things. I'm not someone who gets, who feels they have to go back to the same thing all the time. I can do it, and then I'm done. And I'll forget about it for 15 years. Oh, yeah. you
0: see, uh, there are definitely touchstones. There will always be a kobold named Cronus in every one of my mm-hmm. campaigns. That just happened now. Like This came from the last campaign, and it will always be moving forward. There's always going to be Bernard the Bard. There's always going to be... of the Mage? So, so, sorry, no, no. Bernard the Bard specifically. Like the, <laughs> uh, or Bernard, is as, as Terry called him. Yep. You ruined my rhyming skill. When we invented that name, that's what it was. <laughs> um... <laughs> Uh, there is always going to be the Deck of Many Things, right? Yeah. I'm always going to have the Sun Sword somewhere. Mm -hmm. I do love that one, yeah. Yeah, so... Keith? Did you name him Keith? Keith. His name is Keith. Yeah, Keith, yeah. So there are always going to be some of these little touchstones. There will probably be a Lich somewhere. You may not run across him, but he's somewhere. Um, So there's always something um, that I've I've pulled out of the 5th Ed Forgotten Realms material to drop in my homebrew campaign. Yeah. Right, so... Um, and it's it's difficult not to do that. There's just so much that's built into d d at this point that is, oh, dwarves are like this in the Forgotten Realms, but they don't say that. This is just dwarves are like this in d and yeah. So when you make your homebrew campaign and your dwarves are like this, you've technically stolen it, but it's... it's yeah, happening. it's just, yeah. Okay, so do you guys have uh, any unique plot hooks that you would steal out of? Um, besides Besides
2: items, is there anything that's... I would say, for me, for plot hooks, I, I won't give you guys specific plot hooks, but I would say, because the Forgotten Realms, there's so much going It's kind of like Canada. It's so different from coast to coast, because there's lots of things going on around. I, I think that you shouldn't be afraid to get creative. You're not going to offend anyone or bother anyone if you suddenly start doing a, a pirate plot hook at the same time as a dwarven one over here, because you have all those things surrounding you. In yeah. Forgotten Realms. That's not like that in, in, in a lot of the other campaign settings. Um, you don't have as much uh, leniency in Dark Sun, for example. It's very much
0: yeah, that, a that's certain fair. thing, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah you're not
2: going to go rescue the princess from the wizard's tower in Dark Sun. Right, I mean right. you could reimagine it in a certain way but that classic trope yeah. um, you can get away with in Forgotten Realms and so that means you can have a lot of different type of stuff going on. So if you have players who want to explore very different types of characters you can fit it all in. Dan, is there anything in particular that you would you would steal steal
1: uh i am a big proponent of going to the uh the adventure paths and stealing hooks stealing characters stealing things from those stealing maps even um i've said in previous episodes how i'm the lazy dm so this stuff's already written for you so grab it and shoehorn it fit it grease it up spit on it how, and how get it, it in there
2: spit uh, on it yell at it how many how Joke many it? Uh, god all right,
0: no, keep, going, keep going. We're getting back to the dungeon now. So. Right, how many different modules have you played from
1: 5th Ed? From 5th Ed? Uh, not very many. I've played Curse of Strahd and uh, Tomb of Annihilation. Those are the two I've played. Uh, you, you've, done the,
0: you've done the Death House a couple of times?
1: Uh, yeah, but that was all part of Curse of Strahd.
0: Not when you did it the
2: second time. Oh, yeah. You did Adam's Death House. Yeah. We did Death House upside down.
1: Yeah, right, that thing. But uh, I've... Back in Pathfinder days, I did the Rise of the Rune Lords, and, and I, I've done a lot of those. You've done a lot of modules, but but, but
0: specifically 5th Ed, um, which one do you prefer to steal from?
1: Uh, Tomb of Annihilation, yeah. Uh, Why? Uh, it's tonally easier to move it into your campaigns, I find, uh, because a lot of Dungeons & Dragons is, you know, you're walking through a forest or a jungle or a thing to reach the end goal, and you're running through old ruins to find the loot. So a lot of it tonally matches a majority of campaigns. That's what we were saying before and about like forgotten Crus- realms is
0: that there's all these sunken ruins yeah, and yeah. whatnot. And, so. and
1: Curse of Strahd is very much bleak, very uh, Brothers Grimm era kind of tone mm-hmm. to it. Like everything's gray and raining. It's, it's, and it's gothic horror. It's gothic at, horror. At its right? finest, yeah. So like it doesn't really fit into many traditional Dungeons and Dragons campaigns to pick and choose from there. Now, I will be pulling Argonvost out. I will be pulling Strahd himself out. I will be pulling, you know... Um, stop. Uh, I'll be but, pulling the the crones out and, yeah. and using them and their children pies. Right? Like, yeah. I, I, I will be doing
0: this. Spoilers for all of these, by the way. I was like, it's way past, past time to yeah. declare that. But... um The thing that I liked about Curse of Strahd was that it it gave you the villages. Here's the village, and and there it is. right? And you could just take the village of Barovia or or Valakai, whoever you want to pronounce it. (laughs) Valaki. Valaki. My God. It's like the people that call him... Von Zerovich.
2: Here's my my problem with this. That's actually uh, what we said. What's Chris Perkins' uh, one that he runs? Dice Camera Action? Something like that? yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he said... Valakai three different ways in the first episode. I was like, "Didn't you write this bloody thing?" <laughs> <laughs> um, okay,
0: so I guess the last thing that I want to do before we uh, just before we wrap this episode because it's going super long. Yep, is that's uh, okay.
1: Yeah, that's, you're stuck in traffic anyways.
0: Yeah, um, two things that we'd like to see D D incorporate into Fifth Ed, but. I want Terry and I to do it. I want Dan to tell us whether or not it's a good idea. Whether or not it's going to work?
1: Whether or not it would fit in the Forgotten Realms specifically? Yeah, or, okay.
0: yeah. whether or not it's going to fit in Forgotten Realms. So, so uh, Let's roll. Yeah, let's roll. Let's aim for the actual...
1: Second time in one episode. Oh my goodness. You got a nine. You're going You're first. Going first. Did I win? Yeah. I win.
2: I win. <laughs> I win. Oh, he's gone. He ran away. <laughs> uh, okay, I've been talking about drag and drop a lot. Do we think... That there is room where we could get some kind of module released, um, where we just have these blank cities, dungeons, areas, things with these maps, or, or where we can pick them up and drop them, yeah. and we can put them so anywhere. So in, room for this? in
1: previous editions, there was uh, what they would call the gazetteers, and Storm uh, the, the Storm Coast Adventure Guide, Sword Coast Adventure, Storm Coast, Sword Coast Adventure Guide is fairly similar to these old gadgete- uh, gazetteers that you would be able to pull like. I want to run specifically this city and just pull this city out. And those things existed in previous editions. uh, Skag is very close to that, but I think... uh, That's what Ravnica is for. That's what Ravnica is for. I think they can...
0: It technically exists in a pocket dimension. Yeah. Right, so it's not supposed to be in Forgotten Realms. But you could take anything from it. It is quite part and parcel. Like yeah. You can grab
1: and I think that you could do that with this. Like, you could grab all of the details from Waterdeep and uh, Waterdeep Havens or whatever they call them um, and just rename it to be the massive metropolis in your own campaign. You don't even have to. It could be Waterdeep of John's Basement Group A, right? Like, sure. you could, you could do these things.
0: Okay, all right. But my my first one is... Uh, it's called Dungeons and Dragons, and we don't have enough dragons in it. <laughs> but my problem with dragons, and it's not... They don't really cover this on Game of Thrones, but I, I, I think about this because Jurassic Park is one of my favorite things in the whole world. Like I love dinosaurs, and they talk about kind of how much territory a T-Rex would need yeah. just to be able to maintain, to sustain its own um, body weight. These dragons must, like, need continents yeah. in and of themselves, like, just for their own. We have ten different types of dragons at different ages, so there's got to be at least four of each. Mm-hmm. So, now we're up to 40 dragons. Is there room for that shit in Forgotten Realms? Oh, 100%. Right, okay, but how big is, uh, the the world is, is uh,
1: Toril? Uh, Toril? uh so, Toril itself is boundless. They, they say a lot of, you know... Past the Evermeet and past uh, uh, Karza, or I think is what they call it. Or... Evermeet
0: is that beef jerky that just keeps
1: giving? No, Evermeet is where the elves all go to... It's that very Tolkien-esque, you know, they all get on boats, go out to the Evermeet. Oh, those a the, the Great seen... Havens? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, uh, Evermeet's very much that. And, like, so to the west is Evermeet, to the east is uh, the uh, Oriental Adventures analog.
0: You know, they don't have that anymore, and that's racist to say it. That's, that's the brand new thing, and that's why they won't do it. That's okay. why we're getting samurai and other things. We're never going to get quote-unquote oriental adventures ever again. That, that's, that that's, was the title of the book before. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. Letters. No, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but that's that's a thing of the past yeah. now. So, so
1: the, the, the China or the, uh, the, the Japanese, Eastern, the Eastern theme... Because um, there's very much that, like, uh, I think the... the there are samurais and ninjas and... Well, in, in, in specifically that zone, there's, like, Shaolong uh, uh, and Wu. And they're these yeah, yeah. very uh, Chinese and Asian-sounding uh, city names and everything else. All that to the east, further past that, is more stuff that is kind of vague and, you know... The gods of Faerun are not even known in these realms, right? And it's very much that kind of stuff, right? But
0: at that point, you're homebrewing your own stuff. Is there, at that point is, you're homebrewing your own stuff? But, but is, it's still is in there. there enough room in in Faerun for you to have forty freaking dragons? Uh, at, like, at what point are we impacting society so I, badly? I that... would say
1: yes, but only because uh, dragon gets to a certain point where it starts, you know, branching out and taking more and more land, and that's when the massive Hordes of adventurers get thrown up against it until someone finally rolls that natural twenty and it dies.
0: I I guess that's what uh, like because I haven't read any of the Tyranny of Dragons stuff, right? So, I guess that's going after the chromatic dragons specifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. you are probably run into them the metallics. Too,
1: but... The metallics are far more rare than the chromatics because the chromatics breed far more than the metallics. The well, metallics are kind of too high and mighty for the breeding side of things. Well, also, the but... chromatics will shapeshift shift into, into humans, right? Yeah, so... yeah, and that'll happen too. So, you like, I no, know the one metallics
2: of... shapeshift.
1: The, well, there's a rumor that one of the lords of Waterdeep is a, a chromatic dragon. No, the chromatics do it too.
0: No, it's specifically... I think
1: we've homebrewed it, that they do, but... Yeah, I, no, I we,
0: we, we homebrewed it one way or the other. I can't remember now. i got to look it up in the Monster Manual. Only one side does in fit that. Oh, really? Yeah, it's, yeah. The, it's the Metallics. Then the For Metallics, sure. yeah. The,
2: oh, Terry's their resident dragon, dragon expert. expert. Yeah. <laughs> So, but but they prefer a lot of them prefer to live amongst humans, yeah. yeah. Silvers and golds.
0: One of the things that I want to figure out how to do is a dragon hunting campaign where you are just going out to all these different environments and going after them. And I don't mean like Rise of Tiamat style, but like you guys are level one rangers and you all are. I mean ranger lowercase r. Like there's, there's a ranger and a rogue and a barbarian and a druid, but you're all from kind of the wild and you're going out, you're going to hunt down yeah. this wormling dragon. And as you go, you're going to exterminate every dragon on the continent. Love it. I think that would be a lot of fun to do. That would get boring pretty quick. Uh, there's got to be a way to do it is my
1: point. True, yeah. So you'd have to, after, after you've killed the 15th wormling, you'd have to figure out a I don't way know. to I think there's
2: a way to do it. I kind of had this idea before and I played it off the whole of, um, like from the UK. There's the, the reason that Wales has a red dragon on their flag is that they're apparently the red dragon killed the English gold dragon or something. I'm sure someone knows the story better than me. And I like the idea of the dragons being the leaders and the dragons having their armies. Yeah. And so you face off. It's not just yeah. against against
0: dragonborns and kobolds and, and yeah. You can even reskin lizard folk to be the more barbaric versions of yeah. Like yeah. you could do a full blown like let's go balls of the wall dragon campaign yeah. and like we're four squishy, pale faced whatever right mm-hmm. like humans and elves and dwarves. Like, I think that that there's got to be room in Forgotten Realms for that
2: somewhere. Yeah, you but can but it. is there? You could, well, you could be oh, like yeah. dragon. Riders, and you could have these air battles, like dog fighting with dragons and stuff. It'd be great. Okay, Terry, do you have another thing that you want to see? Is there room? Can we do this? Can we make it happen where we can put some sci-fi and fantasy camp in, as in deep pyramid tomb, whatever you bury, it, and you come across I, strange machines I, I, you've never I, I, seen before. I have,
0: I have a, an answer for you. Um, Dan, Dan's gonna be like, "There's already a thing." There is already a thing. Mind flayers came to. Forgotten Realms in their
2: spaceships. Okay. To oh, get... Yeah, I know that. I've heard that. But yeah. does it work? Because I've never spoken to anybody who seemed to think it worked. And that's just may just be the uh,
1: nerds and their opinions. Yeah. Um, it, it feels very out of place. But there is a part in a module that I've played that has a craft spaceship. The,
0: there's a fairly famous module that's all about the, the craft spaceship. Yeah. I, I can't think now off the top of my head what it's called. And I'll throw it in the show notes when I when I find it. But yeah, um, it's it's pretty famous. And yes, you get like laser guns and shit. I also think that it is supposed to be that this stuff is supposed to have a lifespan on it as well. Like you get a handful of shots before the battery dies. Yeah, and it's oh and it's yeah, gone, right? absolutely. So you're not running around with with weapons that can take a predator in a in a. Fantasy campaign, yeah. right? Yeah, you so.
1: got you got you dude swinging a sword, and then you got your, you you know, get your Gatling you get laser your, gun. It's a you little. You got your
2: laser guns. You get your six shots of disintegrate spell. Yeah, yeah.
1: right. So, yeah. Um, and you could run it like that. Like I've seen laser guns just flavored as it's a wand of scorching ray. Yeah, its trigger is just a literal trigger. Sure,
0: sure. I mean that's that's relatively. Oh, okay. but. There's got to be a way to do it. You can, yeah. you can homebrew it. Yeah. And it'll fit in, in Forgotten Realms because yeah. they've already kind of got it there. Does they, I don't think they have it in Fifth Ed yet. Yeah, they have. Yeah? Is that in Tomb of Annihilation?
1: Yeah? Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Alright. Is there anything that's not in Tomb of Annihilation? Uh, there's only one dragon. Weird. What, what color is it? Red. Of course it is. It's always a red dragon, right? Classic. Um, she you wrap this sucker up? Well, hold on. I, I I still got my my very last. thing. Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> do, do, do you think that there is room for halflings? And by that I mean, why are there not? Why is, why do the halflings get for? Why is say, there no shire? No, not not the shire. It, it's they're just like they get a they get a freaking one page. In the player's handbook. And then nobody gives a shit after that. <laughs> right? Like, the halflings are the forgotten freaking race. And I complained about this in our Meet the DMs episode. I, why
2: in Forgotten Realms are halflings just like, oh, by the way, they're over here. I know they're, why. They're, they're not. I, I know why. They're,
1: they, they, they oh, go
2: ahead. Because nobody sits at home as a child and fantasizes about being a halfling like they do to be Oscar the Barbarian. Or, I don't know. I, I know a lot a, of people a, like who, a tiefling or something.
1: I know a lot of people who uh, idolized uh, Pippin and idolized Mary and idolized. Okay, so you're saying Sam. a lot of people. Give me ratio percentage
2: wise. How is it? It's well, 6% even even to the people in even in
1: Ari Salvatore's books, which we mentioned earlier, there's Regis who is a halfling little schemer, and he's a little rogue character. He's incredibly popular. Like there's room for well, s- these guys in but, with the games. Yeah, yeah, there's but, room, but, but nobody wants to play. <laughs> no, they're
0: always are always the sidekick. They're always the afterthought. They're always the like. There's no there's no halfling home. There's no the, the halfling is always the rogue because they have this one thing that they can do and they can and that's what they do. You you I play a halfling barbarian right, in another campaign that's kind of dead at the moment but it is so much fun being a halfling barbarian because you're raging with the lucky feet and it's insane right like you you don't oh, roll yeah. ones yeah right so you're gonna hit so i I'm, I'm going crazy with it I absolutely love it I don't know why you wouldn't be a halfling fighter you get your five attacks and you get to re-roll critical failures why is nobody doing that uh, and and why is there no space in the forgotten realms because you're for thinking about
2: it, you're thinking about it mechanically. I would never build a character mechanically. I'd build a, what do I want well, to do? Well, I think,
0: I think that there are a lot of people out there. I'm just saying that there's a place mechanically for He just them. wants to roll
1: Brad on.
0: Just a really angry little person. <laughs> <laughs> for those people that don't understand what hockey is, um, I my point is that there's no place in 5th Ed Forgotten Realms for halflings. There isn't. They're always just like, why would you be a halfling when you could be a gnome? Right? And ah, a, and a, I,
1: a, I completely disagree. Like, they've they've...
0: Basically, you like your
1: Pathfinder differences
0: between them. I'm talking specifically fifth ed, though.
1: Well, no, I'm sp- talking specifically fifth ed as well. Like uh, gnomes have far more of a fey origin with uh, with them, like as the tinkers, and like they're more closely associated with dwarves and that as well in fifth ed. Whereas uh, your halflings are more involved in cities and involved in anything. Then a human why don't would they be. have their own cities? Is my is because my they just incorporate into human cities. Right? They're always one of the top of the numbered people in a in a, any given city. It's like humans, halflings, everything else. And it's in every city it's like that. Like they are just the less magical little people. Yeah, is but, what they
0: are. But but they're little villages of, of humans here and there.
1: Yeah, and you... there's there's little villages of halflings and stuff like that around. I can't name them off the top of my head because they're not as big and impressive as Waterdeep, but that's kinda the point. Okay, it just
0: feels like having to get the short and the stick in fifth ed. Specifically, I know, yeah, that's right. I would they're little cities full of yeah. We, we're gonna do this over and over again. They get fewer pages, they get fewer, they they get less attention, they get the you know less renown than any of the other races, and, and they
1: like it that
0: way. Damn it, n- uh, no, I think you're just saying that. <laughs> um, I I just think that you know in previous editions they were one of the centerpieces, and they're not anymore. They've taken a backseat to gnome. Three point five halflings were superior to gnomes. I just saw. Wayne... Well, just
1: mechanically, and the only reason why they were more uh, prevalent to the tables was because they were mechanically more powerful in a in a system that was very mechanically driven. I mean, okay, that's fair. I just want I just want to see more halflings around. Yeah, no, right? no People... I, I agree. People need to play more halflings.
0: So that's I guess I was I use this in, as an stop playing play. your
1: human variants or or half elf variants. I don't play either. No, no, no. I'm, uh, this is to the internet. Oh, to, to, like, to the like, internet. Yeah. Come on, people!
0: Like, stop playing your human variant. Go, go, crack volos and have field
1: day. Play a minotaur. Uh, just do it once. Get uh, a little bit of spice of life. So be uh, a little horny. In my
0: in, in my Tuesday, okay, <laughs> in, in, my, in my Tuesday group that just started up, the the campaign is based around a UNT, a tiefling. That are both cultists for different cults. They're evil. Yes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that they're a part of the party. There's a minotaur gladiator. Oh, um, that's
2: that's awesome. Yeah,
0: he's a, he's a barbarian. That's a zealot that can't die, but he doesn't know it because his god has blessed him. He and his brother were the two zealots that the god blessed, and and the his brother was then magically killed somehow. The last one is a uh, is a goblin rogue as well, right? So there are there's room for all of these other
2: races, um, and I don't think anyone's playing them, right? Mm, yeah, I think I think people are coming around to them. But remember, this they, over the past few years, this game has blown up so much. A lot of and there's so much to learn. A lot of people still stuck on the core classes. This then, is
1: gonna go on for a while, so we're just gonna call it. So it's and, a mimic podcast, and then well, it, it's core it's races. a certain amount of traditionalism with it, right?
3: Like. Thank you for listening to It's a Mimic. Check us out online at itsamimic.com or on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Have questions you would like answered by the guys on the show? Send them an email to itsamimic at gmail.com. Tune in every Tuesday for more.